Welcome back. You really didn't think we were gone. I mean, we told you 30 seconds after we lied to you. I don't like April Fool jokes. What hurt me really. most is that nobody cared. Well, but, why would know. anybody? It was April Fool's. No one gives a shit about April Fool's jokes. They're lame. They're out. They're mm. like the dodo, Murray. They're dead. Like triceratopsises. The plural. Speaking of, of death, the Griff. We're doing the Death Wish month this year. We've ignored Charles Bronson for far too long. One of the godfathers of canon films. He is, yeah. And now we're making up for it. But that's not all, Griff. Because we're also going to be having amazing... Most people start out slow. Fuck that. We start out strong with one of our, our by far our most popular guests of all time. Here's a little tidbit about me and Murray. I mean, I mean, separately we did this, but before we could walk, we were running. Yes, I've... I was a man since I was a, since I've been a child. I hate that you use that because I got to use this for the introduction. But yeah, go on. Oh, okay. <laughs> just squash it. Just squash it. And by the way, I just want to say we're going to have guests on every episode, and I don't want to put any pressure on anybody. But whoever has the least amount of downloads first week, you're banished. You're never allowed on the show ever again. Absolutely banished because you gotta you got it, this is like our moment in that Joker movie. Uh, the I forget which one it was, but he breaks the pool stick and says, "Hey, fight for you know the Dark Knight." Dark Knight. Joe's not supposed to be talking, but he talked. <laughs> good, because I didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. I don't know about. my voice yet. I'm glad. That's good. Batman's here today. Uh, but yeah, so we, uh, we're we going to be breaking the stick. We're going to make everybody fight. We're going to make them compete for those ratings. And right. uh, I call it inspiring people. But I think it's inspiring. Say. I think it's, uh, it's very capitalist of us. You know, weed out the weak ones. Right. Well, yeah, we're capitalists. We're going to rise to the top. We're going to get that Bezos Cream money. rises to the top. Me and Murray have both shaved our head bald oh. because we want to be more like Bezos. You know, we got to oh. get that money. I thought you could say Lex Luthor, but yeah. No. Bezos. They're Bezos. both evil geniuses. They are both evil geniuses. Yeah. Anyways, Murray, if I may. Yes, you may. I may. All right, introducing the man who taught Dean Malenko all 1,000 of his holds. The man that taught Ultimate Warrior how to shake the fucking ropes. He's been a man ever since, you motherfucker. I can't believe you spoiled this for me. He's been a man hey, ever since. you should have told me first. Uh, that's why I asked you for it. <laughs> He's been a man ever since he was a child. Joel. Uh, it sounds like I said Joel. I thought, yeah. I thought yeah. Oh! Joe Coleman. The genetic jackpot thunderlass himself, Mr. Latter-day Night, the Baron of the Beefcakes, the Goliath of Girth. Weapon flex. Oh my god, am I gonna run out of nicknames? I think I did. Thank you guys. Talk closer to the mic. <laughs> oh, god! <laughs> what a botch. Yes. Uh this is great. I can't wait. Death Wish, the birth death wi- death wish, the movie that takes itself a little seriously, Murray. Right. It's kind of like the Rambo series where they kind of get a little crazier as each installment you goes along. You saw Rambo? I saw chess. I saw chess moves happening here. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, did, I did not see that. <laughs> Black, white, board, New York City's the board. Right. Well, we're going to point yeah. out that we, I, we learned, we, we talked to Joe for probably five hours before we started. So if our voices go out in the middle... Blame Joe. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> blame happiness. Sorry, I'm, guys. Because I'm the senior citizen in the group. I actually know who Charles Bronson is. <laughs> Nobody else does. So if you have any questions, just ask me. This is true. Uh, Marie introduced me to Bronson years ago. But, Joe, this was your introduction to Charles Bronson, I hear. It was. And I just got to say, what a man. He's grizzled. He's got that leather skin. He's got a mustache. Looks like he's been in a f- real fight. Yeah, he's life. been through some shit, and right. I, I can respect this man. Yeah, I knew right from the start. I'm like, I like him. 
Don't fuck with him. He's 52 when they filmed this. Only 52? Yeah. I thought he looked pretty good. You saw him in the the Speedo or whatever for 52. Yeah, he was looking jacked at the beginning. I love that teeny little trunks. I was kind of surprised because I was like, is that a stunt double? Did no. they? All Bronson, baby. He looked about like it. He, Back he in sucked. the day, like yeah. if you wore a speedo, everyone thought you were a pervert. No, he was showing everybody, "I work for this. Say something. We'll I fight." I mean, we'll get into it more, obviously, when we do uh, the actual discussion of the movie. But we look at his wife, who is covered head to toe in the swimwear, like the John Claude swimwear from Lionheart. Yeah. She's head to toe in it. Well, he wanna... is pissed. <laughs> I want. He's, he's livid. He said. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you wearing one of these bikinis these 80 girls are wearing? I want to point out, though, this is his only, this is his only wife in the series that's actually age-appropriate that looks like it would be his wife. Yes. You know, because they get younger with each installment. Yeah. So, yeah. Joe, Joe, again, this was his first Death Wish experience, Bronson experience. As the Death Wishes go on, he only gets older because that's how time works. <laughs> Uh, as, but as much why as wouldn't we... his women get younger? Now he's got the chance to <laughs> right. upgrade, okay. and right. exactly. sometimes you know the the older model might depreciate. He wants to make sure he gets it when it's at its prime. Right. I get it. So All this right? is like the... as we learned from the Death Wish series: don't ever befriend Paul Kersey. Don't ever fall in no. love with him. You will be raped or murdered or both. impossible not to fall in love with him. <laughs> if Are you, you have a if you have a twenty five plus year difference, this is a J D. Salinger, a uh, Woody Allen situation. Get nowhere near it. Don't read the letters he sends you because it's only going to end terribly for you. But yeah, all the women get younger. And all the crimes He's are so horrible. confident. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? Is he, he confident? Do, yes, absolutely. Yes. Everything he says is deliberate. Okay. I, yeah, I just yeah. see him as being kind of like boring and doesn't know what to say. Like he's always throwing he's, out facts like onions make you fart. <laughs> he's the strong silent type. The old, strong silent. Yeah. <laughs> With a leather face. He has a catcher's glove for a yeah, face. Yeah, he was born an old man. Like you, <laughs> you you cannot find a picture of Charles Bronson where he looks young. <laughs> And there's a, there's a very big market for women that go for that type of man, and he knows it. He has all the power. So you're saying he actually planned his wife's murder so he could get back on the market? Uh, not saying? really, but he wasn't terribly upset that it happened. It it's gave him an excuse to lose his goddamn mind. It's a life gives you lemon situation, you know? He's an optimist, despite being... Yeah. You know, that's why he hates Steve in his office so much, because Steve's a pessimist. He's like, right. there were 12 rapes last night! <laughs> And, okay, guys, I'm sorry. This is 74. This is rape territory. Yeah, this is gritty New York City at its worst. Yeah. This bombed is, out looking like shitty. Kubrick did, uh, what's that movie? Clockwork Orange, and they had that gratuitous rape scene in it. Gratuitous? Oh, God. Why did I say that? They had that very brutal rape scene in it. So everyone it was gratuitous. Was... It was unnecessary. You're right. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, 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 for some reason, if you said erotic, I would be like, no. Whoa, 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 for some Brian. reason, when I hear gratuitous, <laughs> yeah. I hear like think like, hey, you should appreciate that we put this rape scene. <laughs> I thought that's what you use the word. Thank properly. you for putting this in there. Wow, un- wow I really my thought it, it means unnecessary. So my uh, ignorance shining here because I thought uh, that was like, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> we put this scene in here for you. <laughs> Gratuity, I thought, was like, oh, yeah, you're appreciated. Here's this. Yeah. So that's why I thought gratuitous meant, like, <laughs> we gave this to you. Okay. okay. See that? I'm that makes so- kind of sense. I, okay. I'm glad I'm not too far off here. But, yeah, there, there's a horrible rape scene. And, Joe, um, you were watching this with uh, a lovely lady <laughs> who <laughs> happened to walk in Gentlemen, on that. Gentlemen, what did you do to me? <laughs> 
I wow. Did I not warn you? You did, but I was like, man, it can't be that bad. It's probably like blurred over. Like no. I feel blurred like one of the over. first <laughs> movies I saw like a scene like this in that at least like stood out to me was like that crappy. Um, Hills Have Eyes remake. I was like, oh, this is just too much. Wow. And this movie, oh my God, <laughs> million times worse. Yeah. Million times worse. And but it didn't it, even have mutants. But like, is it, there's really, it's, I think there's a lot going on in your head. They did a good job of that because does anyone even get technically raped in this movie? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I Absolutely. saw was somebody got some spray paint on their ass. Yep. And Wait, we were going to argue if this was a full <laughs> rape or not? Let's not argue that. No, I don't, <laughs> yeah, don't want to argue that point. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay, I'm, just saying, I'm not saying it's not traumatic. I'm not saying it's not horrible. I don't know. Right. right. I'm, just, I'm, being, I'm being Matt Gates on this one. All right. Okay. If that's not challenging enough, what we have in this movie, it's definitely not a conservative's wet dream. It's definitely not about a... A one-man army solving the crime of New York City in the 70s when things were a little rough before Giuliani got there and saved us all. That ball-headed geek is one hero. That's all I got to say about <laughs> Giuliani. I don't know what he's been up to these days, but I hope it's, I hope it's all good because I imagine he's a hero still today. I think he's in the, he's in the Ukraine looking into Hunter Biden still. So. Oh, I hear that guy's a creep. Yeah, he's a criminal. <laughs> I hear he's like the Goldblum of uh, modern day. Wearing a that weird jughead hat, jughead hat, and going around and having his way with people. Oh boy, oh boy. You know, before we apologize for this episode, I gotta apologize to Joe. I didn't realize you were such a Lionheart fan, and we didn't include uh, you, dude. I was heartbroken when I saw you guys did Lionheart. Oh, like, man. it's all I wanted to be is an underground prize fighter, like in Lionheart, with my own gimmick and all this, and all the women with their titties out and their cool dresses. What the just fuck? there for the thrill of watching two dudes I, you know. fight? Like, Joe? That is what I've wanted my <laughs> entire life. Joe. I know a guy. You're in luck oh, because my really? dream is to run a fight ring. Where people fight to the death for my amusement. We, and I think you got what it takes. <laughs> Are there babes with the big fur coats there? Yes. Though? Yes, of course. Always. Okay. That's, that's the dream. Yeah, that's I, it. We're on the same that's page. It. Awesome. Taffy, awesome. Uh, like, I was in need you. in Tang Soo Do in 2001. I haven't been in practice, but I've been wrestling as well. So I, I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I'm like, uh, you know, highly conditioned mixed martial artist to an extent because I have both those things going. Ladies and gentlemen, I just think I found my lion heart. That's good because I got that Marty. Is the Gen- right bet. I have Marty Janetti around. He can train you. He can cheat you how to murder a man and hide him in a dumpster and all that kind of good stuff. Marty wouldn't stand a chance against the. Oh, jet he's just trying to train like you, but it. he's I talking like about murder. I like this guy. He's like good. It. Sign him. Contract. One of those NFL contracts where you guarantee him. How like do you feel 20, about wearing 000? tube socks? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, straight to tube socks. Can I was, wear... it, was Jeff Goldblum wearing tube socks in this movie? That's all I got to know. No, he was wearing jeans. Okay. We didn't see what footwear he had. <laughs> we saw that he never did a squat in his entire life. But yes, oh, you fine. think he had stringy legs? Yeah. yeah, they were embarrassing. Well, Goldblum's never had legs, so... Like, the thing is, I thought like... he's all legs. Isn't he just... Well, yeah, he's all legs, but it, they're all... They're teeny little Doing guys. Doing the wrestling yeah. thing, like a little bit of a sidebar here, has just destroyed the way... I see jacked men for my entire life. Like, uh, I remember when I saw American History X in 2001, I was like, man, Edward Norton can beat some ass. He is jacked. And then I saw it probably in, like, 
2014, 15, whatever, and it's the scene where, why does this have to be the topic, where he is attacked by the people in the shower, and then he's left laying, and he has the girliest, skinniest legs just laying there frail, destroyed. I said, I thought this man was in shape. No. Hey, I couldn't feeling, believe it. Feeling As, for this I guy almost, who just like, got raped. Like, guy with legs like that. Beat 2001 Joe Coleman's ass for even thinking Edward Norton was... As, Any sense of a man. As we've learned from Ric Flair, you know, some men just can't put the weight on their legs. Is that a hard thing to do? I heard calves is hard, hard to build. A little bit. I mean, I, naturally, that's one of my best anatomical gifts. I've got the calves. i got the lats. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, legs are tough. Legs are tough. This is I no mean. joke. My sister dated a guy. He was not in shape, but he only <laughs> exercised his calves. <laughs> so she <laughs> had... So he, I call, I call the behind his back Popeye because he had huge calves. Wait, that doesn't. But, that's but, sweet. But he was schlubby everywhere else. He wasn't like you know ripped anywhere else. Uh. Just, and he actually got in my face one time because my sister, of course, told him I was calling him Popeye. <laughs> and I was like, "You want to go, motherfuckers? I think you, you, you didn't have muscles anywhere else, so it got, it got awkward." Hey, bottom heavy is he hard to push over. Probably jump really high though. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I mean, he had some spring in his stuff. He wa- he yeah. saw he saw people playing NBA Jam. He's like, "That's me. I want to be able to do the fucking." Super I'm on fire. I got kicked out of a fucking arcade, not arcade, a bar. I was buying drinks and everything, but I was playing NBA Jam. I was killing it, and those guys were like, "Yeah, please leave." Because you were killing just whooping it. ass in NBA Jam. I guess that's the only reason I could see. I was just. What team did you have? Well, Pistons. Bill Lambeer, Isaiah <laughs> oh, Thomas. Hell yeah. I mean, come on. (laughs) I had just seen, like, the Bad Boys documentary, like, a year or two earlier, and I was just like, Bill Embiid all the way. And here's the thing about NBA Jam. I'm going to give the secret away to winning an NBA Jam. Every single last over-exaggerated dunk in that game can be pushed. And I'm not talking about when they start the jump. I'm talking about when they're falling from the jump, when they're about to slam the ball into the net. You can push them and stop it and steal the ball. Okay, well, everybody knows that NBA Jam is the greatest basketball game ever made, period. So you're going to want to put that on the Patreon for this show. Like, we can't just give that away for free. Oh, we we have a Mer, Mer Madden Patreon. <laughs> we, we have our own website. I don't remember what it's called because we don't even keep track. We just get the money. Right. I've been busy digging up a new LaserDisc Vault, LaserDisc Vault 2.0 in the backyard because our extension is getting so much bigger. Right. It's 12, I think it was 12 foot by 36 foot, and about 8, 9 inches deep is the first dig I did. It was 40 hours. I've been digging all week. I'm serious. I'm tired. Hell yeah. Uh, Murray, take us to Trailer Town, please. Okay. (laughs) I told you guys last week, these are going to be long episodes this month, and we're not kidding. So put strap on your catheter and enjoy a little bit of Death Wish. You remember that joke? Yeah. Enjoy a typical afternoon in New York City. Who is it? Groceries, man. My name is Paul Kersey. How's my life? I'm sorry. She died a few minutes ago, Mr. Kersey. Any chance of catching these men? There's a chance, sure. Just a chance. I'd be less than honest if I gave you more hope, Mr. Kersey. This is Paul Kersey. 
This is the story of a man who decided to clean up the most violent town in the world. He begins where all the super cops leave off. Bugging has gone down by how much, sir? 9.50 a week to 4.70, you reported last week. You understand not too many people know that. And uh, you want to keep it that way, huh? Oh, no, we have to keep it that way, Inspector. This whole city would explode. And if this person is listening to my voice, I urge him in the name of law and order to desist from this one-man crusade and turn himself into the police. Let's see the money, man. Call him a mad vigilante. Call him a hero. Either way, he's always on target. We want you to get out of New York. Permanently. Never make a death wish. Because a death wish always comes true. And you get to love it. Alright, I have finished my spirograph on my notes here. So let's get into this fucking movie. I don't even know what that opening segment was, but I hope you enjoyed it because I enjoyed it. <laughs> so we start out, and just as we mentioned, we got we got Paul Kersey on vacation. We're in heaven, Griff. Beautiful wife. They're young because they were probably having kids at like twenty two or twenty three. That's what you did back then. Yeah. That's what you exactly. That's you got what, married right out of college, high school. Hey, quite, but quite I, high I'm school. sure Paul went. He's an college. architect. He's an of architect, course, he is. Isn't yeah. isn't this hilarious though? Like, did you ever think back on it? When how old was your was your like mom dad when? Or you got married? Uh, I'm more worried about when they got pregnant with the the legend, aka Tim Murray. Well, that was I, I'm the baby of the family, so sure. it was way into it. She was, my mom was 30 when. She had me. Thirty, way yeah. into it. Way yeah. into it. I can't well, imagine 30, having a yeah. child right now. Joe, yeah. uh, when when she ha- they had me, sure. Um, I believe my mom was either twenty nine or thirty. So my dad oh, was thirty one. Okay. But they had my brother when yeah they were twenty three ish. Yeah, so. I think I think it was like twenty seven or twenty eight for me. So right around the same time. Guys, it's it's wonder it's yeah. it's a weird thing that we gather at this table and all. That. I cannot imagine having a child. Yeah, no. Could I. Yeah. yeah, we're all of course over thirty at this point, <laughs> and we're all just like completely disgusted by the idea of having a child at this point. Yeah. Anytime someone younger than me says they're having a child, I'm like, you had sex? What? The- <laughs> I'm not worried about the sex part, but like you impregnated? What? Huh? Like you didn't pull out? What's what's happening? You you all right. did you mean to? So anyways, Paul, Hawaii <laughs> beaches, beautiful Hawaii beach, and Murray, yeah. familiar faces, seventy four. So this character's a little younger, but I recognize him because he's still. He, you see a father like figure give him beautiful mirrored shades, and they're playing a nice frisbee catch in the background here. But I didn't pick up on it. Was shades in the background of this? Baby shades was in the background. Ten years younger. So you're telling Paul Kersey had a hard ticket to Hawaii? He did. I mean, What's unless, a soft ticket to unless Hawaii? The hard I, really, ticket, I really thought about that. What's, yeah. Why is a ticket hard? Because of murder. Oh. <laughs> so it's okay. it's not a hard ticket is what I was going to say. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> but yeah, sh- Baby Shades is in the background. He's starting the lineage of our stickers and, uh, of course, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Right. But yeah, this is where he learned Frisbee from his dad. Isn't that beautiful? It is beautiful. It is beautiful. So Paul is here. He's perving out hard on his wife wearing a bathing suit that goes from head to toe. You can't see a thing. Uh, you know, she's wearing a robe but he's over still, that. They're still in love. He's 52 at this they're, time. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to be a giggly young relationship. Keeping you know? it alive. Exactly. You know? That's, That's probably why they Keep went to Hawaii. They were just like, look. There's tension. Let's just go to Hawaii. The Get place, away from the rat race in New York. You got people coming by on the beaches to give you drinks and drugs and quaaludes and all that good shit. So Drinking you can have out a, of coconuts. Exactly. Oh man, if they crack one over your head, though. Whew. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's some WWE censorship to, about to happen. And anyway, or Peacock. Well, like every vacation, Griff, it has to come to an end. You got to go back to reality. Yeah, he takes some nice candid photos of his wife, and she's very just like embarrassed. I know how candid by they him. were. She was posing, but uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I got candid wrong. But she's very. They were very gratuitous, though. I'll point that. out. <laughs> I like how embarrassed she was, despite the fact that she's in a full bathing suit and she's doing poses that are just like very, eh, you know, very yeah. generic. Nothing very generic. Revealing. Yeah. Like when yeah. I take pictures, they are explicit. <laughs> I like this man. As a fan of explicit Let photos, I like right now. Yeah. I want to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Flint over here. Well, uh, anyway, boy. gentlemen. Um, yeah, they're taking the pictures. Uh, I love this, though, because she comes over. He's been so reinvigorated by this. They get away from the, the, the daughter and her husband. By the way, her husband, Jack, we'll get True. into more. The worst. He is the he's the fucking Ginty. Have you found the Ginty picture yet? No. Oh, I haven't. I have hidden <laughs> the famous Ginty picture Murray got me in my house, and he's walked by it probably nine times it's by my now. My own Easter egg hunt. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. I'm it's looking. Easter tomorrow from when we're recording this. He has not found it yet, but he will. I and will he, before I leave. I will not leave will, this home until he I find will laugh. Um, but his wife comes over and he's like, "Hey, baby, why don't we do it in the rain?" It's a Beatles song, guys. It's a Beatles song. And she's like, "Oh, you know, we we, we can't do that. We're we're too old for that." I saw that and I was like, "This bitch." What? He's trying to light things up on the beach, ready to hit it right there. Who cares? Uh, right. He's it's like, fine. baby, you're still sexy to me. And it was you know, 1974. This was still a lot, like allowed. If a police saw that, they'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> you guys, just get back to your hotel room. There wouldn't have been an offense yeah. for that. You could get away with so much in 1974. We're too civilized. Oh, what a fucking pretentious lie. We're too civilized? No. Come on. Well, that plays into the whole theme of this movie, really, because they're like the they they're they're sheltered from the darkness that is New York City, you know. So that's I think that's what they're back to foreshadowing. I just like this because as but soon he as said you, we didn't used to be something along those we lines. Used to so fuck they used everywhere. a raw dog oh, everywhere they everywhere. possibly. Well, yeah, they were kids once. Yeah. Oh, but, maybe their daughter was born out of that. Uh, you see, Ron Howard but taught only me. The one. Yeah. Ron Howard taught me. You always name the kid after the place they were conceived, and her do- their daughter's name is Carol. Yeah. And I believe Carol is Carousel. It's shortened version of that because you can't name a daughter Carousel. One of the so Carol is Bryce. Wait, what? What the fuck? <laughs> we're talking about uh, his character's name. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. Um, but yeah, Carol. So I think they. Fucked on a carousel at one point. There's a lot of carousels out there. So there is, especially in New York. There are that, a dime a dozen every block. That's my kink, man. Fucking on a carousel. 
Anyways, the refusal of fuck has ended the vacation. He's like, let's go home. I'm done. We got to get back to work. He's got that big project he's got in Arizona that they're working on. So I couldn't figure out what he did. I thought he was into reverse. Well, mortgages. originally, the character was supposed to be an accountant, but Bronson was like, "You, you can't believe me as an accountant. That's too nerdy." And then they're <laughs> like, "Well, how about an architect? It's a little badass." It's like, Perfect. George Costanza is immediately I think of a badass, and he always wants to be an architect. So yeah, I see it. Right. It's the, it's the profession of badasses. We all know that. <laughs> I agree. So they come back, hell on earth, 1974 New York. Traffic, smog, people stabbing hookers on the street corners. It's this hell, Greg. Joe, you've been around a, a lot of hard streets. Absolutely. You know it. How does this compare to He was born on Bad streets? Street, USA. Bad Street, USA. Ah, oh, it wasn't shit. There wasn't even any traffic in this New York. It was embarrassing. I mean, it, yeah, they made it look like there was a mugging every chance you, you know, anytime you stepped out of the house, but it didn't look that bad. It was nothing like the streets of uh, Lionheart. You know, Detroit, stubborn, like Taylor, Michigan. <laughs> I want to say right the mean it's, streets of Taylor. I want to say it's yeah. not like the mean streets of Lionheart, which is a movie I tried oh. to feed you there, uh, because <laughs> when we were in Lionheart, New York City last week, it was crime crawling up the fucking well, rafters. Mostly homelessness. It was. Yeah. Ju- it was actually just homeless people, but yeah. for. for in 74's it should be lens, a crime, as far as I'm in concerned. In 74's lens, it was crime, yeah. Yeah. Well, fucking crime was through the roof in 74. In so York, Paul's so. coming in. He's got his fresh cup of coffee. He hasn't even sipped on it yet. And his colleague, Sam, is just hammering him with the facts. Did you hear there were 15 murders last week? And 21 this week? And they don't even count the rapes. He's just like, he's got all the stats. It's like, he's like, well, maybe the times are getting tough. You know, he's, he's trying to think positive. He is. He is a conscientious objector. He's a CEO, as he likes to tell people. He's got his big run DMC glasses on. He's yeah. looking at the stats and the, uh, what this, the bosses on his ass. He's like, what about that, what about that development in Arizona? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So while he's working on it, his beautiful wife and daughter are going grocery shopping. Yeah, I get it. We, we brought up the fact that they're having kids young because the wife still looking good. You might say MILF, but we know MILF was not a word used back in the day. She nobody, was all right. Nobody was fucking no. mothers in these days. <laughs> no. Not even husbands. No one was no. fucking them. That's why they fucked their secretaries because the word hadn't been invented yet. So we're in the grocery store. They're going around. Everyone's. Are been- you saying the problem with mom fucking was the branding? Like if we just – there'd be more mom fucking going on if we yeah. branded it earlier? 100%. you're right. 100%. you're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're going around the grocery store. Everybody – this is a full grocery store. Everyone's walking around with visors because there's these three teenagers, rapscallions. Probably teenagers? In a- <laughs> they all like they were middle-aged. The guy was bald, for fuck's sake. He shaved his head. I don't know. I think I don't think in the seventies only fucking Telly Savalas had a shaved head. Like everybody, you were a freak if you were bald in the seventies. People you don't, don't think, remember that. You don't think he did that to be counterculture? I think that guy was old. <laughs> I thought it was Skinner from X Files. Young Goldblum was yeah. at least twenty-eight or twenty-nine yeah. here. And what I want to point like, out, Jeff Goldblum is wearing a Jughead hat. The comic book character Jughead. He's wearing the crown <laughs> hat. And you can tell that they're up to no gigs. They're giggling constantly. Yeah, giggling is um, a triggering effect in the Death Wish series. <laughs> there is a character, Joe, you don't know this because you haven't seen the rest. There is a character in 3 called The Giggler. <laughs> awesome. And he's a guy who runs and giggles. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Charles Bronson, oh, God, I love that we have to like actually spell this out. 
Charles Bronson has to get a special gun and be like, we're going to get the giggler today. <laughs> I can see him say that after this movie. Dude, 100%. oh, oh my God. It gets so fucking AARP after this movie. It's so good. So they're just crossing havoc. They're knocking over displays. They're squeezing the Charmin. They're doing everything wrong. <laughs> And so they happen to get in the checkout line with the, the mom and the daughter. Squeezing the Charmin. <laughs> in the 70s, you did not squeeze the Charmin. Mr. Whipple hated that. <laughs> something Murray did as a kid. This is, they got that was a I'm showing how fucking ancient I am because that was a whole big ad campaign. This guy's name was oh, Mr. Whipple. Okay. And he, said, he said, ladies, please don't squeeze the Charmin. That was his tagline. Murray has made somebody very happy. They're going, their eyes rolled back, and they're like, oh, my God, I remember that. <laughs> so. so they're buying a couple fucking tall boys and some spray paint. Yeah. And they're also making mean gestures at the I want to point out, I noticed this. Or... You guys probably remember this. The, cash, the, the checkout woman, that's Maria from Sesame Street. So no, apparently. So apparently she lived on Shithole Street before she moved <laughs> Sesame Street. Is this and an she, Angel Town situation where it's right across yes. the street? Sesame yes. Street is? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Grover showed up, the Super Grover, and saved her ass. Everybody's oh, disgusted by these guys, but somehow they had, I must have, must have mugged an old lady beforehand because they had money for it. They did pay for their shit. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. And they noticed this hot milf and her daughter, and they're just like, hey... Well, they after they bought their groceries, they set the box down. I didn't even know this was a service, but I've also never really lived well, in a if you're, city. If you're rich, yeah. And they say, "Have these delivered because our hands are too weak." I don't know what this <laughs> well, it's, it's, is. It's beneath them to carry, carry their groceries. groceries. So For they so need... many blocks. Come on now. Yeah, or and on what, the subway. What we also learn is that if you have groceries in your hand, no matter what time of day, muggers see that as an opportunity to murder you. Exactly. Yeah, because your hands are full. Exactly. So, so they notice yeah. it, and then they notice there's the where their addresses, their name, and they got everything. And they're like, "Hey, let's have some fun because we're giggling." <laughs> so they they follow them. The fun never stops. <laughs> <laughs> never. So, so, so they follow them. Very like nonchalantly, they're like giggling. They're like literally ten feet behind these women. And they're right they're like hiding behind cars and stuff. They're doing everything <laughs> they can to kind of try and stay out of dodge. Hiding behind a mailbox. like and, idiots the whole uh, time. Yeah. You think you notice this on a calm New York, you know, Saturday afternoon, Thursday afternoon, whatever day it is. Guys are hopped up on drugs. Okay. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> totally. They had enough money to buy drugs, get high, and buy more drugs? Yes. Okay. I also want to point out, I was... I like the fact that it was winter. You never see, outside of Christmas movies, you never see winter in movies. I 100% agree with that. Mm-hmm. So they go up, the ladies go to the, their apartment, the guys somehow sneak in. Well, they go in the back way because there's people moving a new family in. And so they go in the back way, they get up the service elevator, and uh, they, you know, they got the apartment number off that fucking uh, delivery slip. So Good go, memory. I would have remembered that. Yeah, I, I know, when you're 6 high? A? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so they get up to 6A, a uh, d- very hard address to remember. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joe. That's silly. Um, and so they get up to 6A, and they're knocking on their door. And, you know, mom's busy. She's filing her nails or something. So the daughter's like, Carol, Carol. She's like, I'll get the door, Mom. It's probably just the groceries. I'll make sure that they bring them right in because we can't lift anything, even in our own apartment. <laughs> and she goes up to the peephole, 
where you see the guy with his bandage. Creepy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you see his eye and there's, yeah, his eyebrow and it's a little bit of his bandana thing. I wish, I wish, because I don't condone rape in any form. I well, wish that's a bold he, statement. I like that. I, <laughs> I don't care who hears this. I don't like rape. <laughs> if bad. only she had seen Samurai Cop, she'd learn to read eyes. eyes. You're right. Because she, well. I read those eyes right away. I'm like, that guy's up to no fucking good. The right. bandana, the curly oh, hair. Know, dilated pupils. Dilated as fuck. He's on something good. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she just opens the door. Hey, right. come on in. Because this is the whole theme of the movie. They live a sheltered life, Griff. They haven't seen, they don't know what's going on in the streets. And yet, everything in the streets is garbage, and they've never <laughs> but, seen it but before. But they, they live, like, they, they have people bring their food to them. They're, 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 they're like living in an ivory tower, Griff. They're living in COVID times. They're isolated. They're quarantined. Right. Okay. Okay. All right, so they bust in the door, and uh, they just have a party, right? Nothing bad happens here? Yeah, that's what I, that's what, how no, I read no, the no. scene. Rachel <laughs> doesn't walk in the room no, and no, see something no, nothing, horrible. Nothing horrible happens here. Nothing, nothing horrible. Nothing. <laughs> Who wants to get into the awfulness? Because I don't want to do it. Well, I guess awful is my middle name. So, <laughs> well, I was really offended by the fact that the the guy, the Juan Epstein looking guy from Welcome Back, Cotter, he was just spray painting all over. You don't have to do that. That's like insult to injury. That's okay, like you don't have to trash their place if you're gonna. Hey, how do you guys like my odds? And that's all that's he how was... you knew people were bad guys in the 80s, though. So they right. did graffiti on Tagging, everything. You yeah. said, these guys, holy shit, <laughs> ragtag Well, in, in his defense, the, the painter guy didn't do anything. He didn't touch anybody. That is true, but man, it, he didn't even do anything creative with the graffiti. Like, <laughs> well, there wasn't yeah, any right. beautiful <laughs> art. No, nothing. It was just, he just that vandalized. Was, that probably was the most offensive it thing, pissed Joe. me off. He <laughs> is no Banksy, that's for sure. <laughs> he was not. Yeah. And so Jeff Goldblum blowing my mind. I never thought of Jeff Goldblum this way ever in my life. He's a lovable, like quirky guy. Yeah, he's the guy from Jurassic Park that everyone remembers saying "clever girl," I think, and uh, we're gonna need a bigger boat. And uh, I what else that does line, he? What boat. else does he say? I'll uh, be back. He says that a few times. I'll be back. Yeah. He says he, wrong bet. Wrong bet. Because <laughs> he tells the mom, "Hey." Are we going to get your money today? And she says, yeah. no. And he says, wrong bet. <laughs> no, she says, look, she wants to cool the situation down. She's like, my purse is in the other room. They, these people, they live by credit grip, so they only have $7. And that's going to enrage these guys because they thought they, were, they hit the jackpot because that's these are right. rich ladies. No. So Jeff well, Goldblum flips out and beats the shit out of the mom. He's like, you fucking bitch! I think he had like a little blackjack you slapped yeah, her with. Yeah, he had something small in his hand. I didn't. Did you recognize that foreign? I did not. Or excuse me, uh, international <laughs> object? Yes. I did not recognize the international object, no. I thought he just clubbed her. Mom did it. get color. She did think, like it was good. Do you think peacocks get a sense of international object? Do you think they're going to have to change it from foreign sub- subject to international object to like something else? <laughs> I don't even know what they come up know. with. I know is mom's fucked up, and the elderly bald guy he goes straight for the daughter. Yeah, they are pissed. Seven dollars isn't enough. Maybe he was going through like chemo. I don't know. You know, maybe he was very unnaturally bald. (laughs) Yes, he was scared. Did he? I don't think he even had eyebrows. Did he have eyebrows? Maybe he had alopecia. Maybe we got this guy all wrong, man. Maybe he had reasons for why he was doing what he was doing. (laughs) Okay, so... <laughs> Let's give reasons to the guy who's going to rape someone. So, 
Well, that's the way they. That's why all the Marvel villains are like that. We got to like, oh, they're not so bad. Guy kills half the universe. Well, he had a bad childhood. <laughs> hey, I'm you know, looking for. I'm you all too. for making villains villains again. I don't think we need to make excuses for why they do what they do. No. How was the David Tennant villain? Everyone who makes him seem like he's fucking great. He was Miss Something. He was in the one Netflix series. David Tennant, the guy with the hair and the face. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't that know guy. Who you're talking about? He was uh, Doctor Who, and he was a villain. Oh, the dude in Jessica Jones. He was yeah. Purple Man. Purple Man. Yeah, he was a creep. Was... He wasn't purple enough. <laughs> there we I go. Hundred percent wasn't. Purple Man's supposed to have purple skin, but whatever. Oh, purple skin. Yeah, did he even have real. a purple suit? He did have a purple suit, which was a nice touch. Okay. So at least we got him that he far. He was very handsome, he was, very charming. He was Prince, I don't basically. think he needed to mind control Jessica Jones to have less sex with her, but he did. What a piece of shit. All I remember from that show is constant rat and mouse chase that was happening. Like, she was always <laughs> getting... That was the problem with the show. It was like... <laughs> oh, why are we talking about Jessica fucking Jones? We're talking about Death Wish. I don't know. Nobody wants to talk about the rape scene, but we got to get I through it. I don't want to do this. So the daughter gets raped, all right? This she, is oh. Wow. A bald man, alopecia man, tackles her. He's cursing the world for giving him alopecia. Well, he doesn't do anything. Jeff Goldblum's the only one who sexually assaults him. He's ripping her clothes yes, off. but, yeah. He is tearing, yeah, everything off of her. And then Jeff Goldblum is frustrated. So he gets his own Jean-Claude Van Damme ass shot. You know what? No. Don't disrespect John Claude Van Damme like that. Jeff Goldblum has nothing on JCVD's ass. John Claude Van Damme can crack a walnut with his butt, as he said on his friend's cameo. Okay. I mean, I'm not. All right, I'm let's not get real here. I'm not trying to say he's Goldblum's got a better ass. Was just embarrassing. Oh, so sensitive, <laughs> Joseph over here. Well, it pisses me off. All I'm right? not trying John to Claude say. Look, put I... a lot of work in, and you're sitting here saying that any ham and egg are like Jeff Goldblum. Can have legs like John Claude Van Damme. Joe doesn't know about my workout. All I work out <laughs> is my glutes. Good. Yeah. That's what I want to hear. Because I want. Who knew we had a glute shamer here? As we Come explained on, last week, John Claude's ass is the Grand Canyon of asses. Many, 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 many thousands, millions of years carved that ass into what it is today. And you're right. It can crack walnuts. It can crack fucking codes. It it can hack into Russian you know bots. It can do it all. Absolutely. But so yeah, what we're saying is during this awful, horrible graphic rape scene, he was fixated on how awful Jeff Goldblum's butt was. Horrible how on JCVD, it was. <laughs> and uh, so after we lose focus on that, our our giggler, the guy spray paints her ass, yeah, and then they just leave. Well, because uh, they backhand the mom, I think, yeah. and they fuck it. They, they're like, oh shit, I hit her a little harder than I thought. She so. has very low hit points, to be honest. Like, oh, honest yeah. to God, they didn't hit her that much. <laughs> 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 she got hit like twice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Murray, cut but to the hospital. I think she <laughs> fell down and hit her head on a, a, the edge of a, a desk, though. I think she did. Hospital. So while the daughter, she gets up and she makes the call to the cops. So we no, we're not at the hospital, Griff. We're at the office. Okay, we're at the office. And then he's like, "We're out of this scene, though." Yeah, and he's like, "Who's saying? Call my wife for me, please." And he's like, "Sir, your your dick, limp dick, fucking son-in-law is on the line, Dad." Uh, that that ir- irked me more than honestly, the- God. I didn't feel like they were that close for him to be calling him Dad. Really? Like, Thank you. Yeah. Thank Paul you. I was like, 
fucker. Every time he said it, it was like, he was like, oh, I know. After he was you disgusted. saw that, I hope Rachel left the room for the first scene with Jack in it because after you see that rape scene, you're just like, oh my God, filth. But then you hear him go, Jack, hey, Dad. And I was like, oh, I'm done. I hit pause. I walked out of the room. <laughs> Millie's offended. Look at her over there. Oh, like, she's so I'd never offended. seen a bigger pussy in my life. She's I like, hate this and character. Like, Mom and Carol are in the hospital. I don't know what's going on. Meet me there. Okay, I'll be there. And <laughs> he so, really doesn't give that much of a shit. Like, it's an emergency, <laughs> but uh, we'll Well, look at that. Once again, sheltered life. They've never experienced he the cold keeps artifacts cool. alive. So, I'll give yeah, him credit. Yeah. So they, they meet up at the hospital. What's what's going on? I wanted to see my oh, my wife. And <laughs> the, 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 the doctor had the best bedside manner. Sir, your wife, your daughter will be okay. Oh, by the way, your wife's dead. Yeah. And then just walks away. And then he's like, what? I, you know, what's going on here? And then the cop shows up, and he's like, yeah, she's she's dead. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. We're probably not going to find these people. Bong, bong. Church bells in the distance. We're at the funeral. They're burying dead old mom. I don't remember her name. <laughs> I don't remember that I don't either. think Paul sheds a tear. I don't think he remembers. Yeah, he's looking pretty he's dead eyed. Like, he's just like, yeah, <laughs> what am like, I going to do? Finally time to get that bachelor pad. This looked like opening day la- uh, uh, Wednesday for the Detroit that Tigers. It looks like every Detroit Snow Tigers falling. opening day. No, it, it doesn't. It's, it's always cold no, and snowy. It's cold. Yeah. It's rarely snowy. Um, Nobody cares, Griff. Let's move on. I, they're at the house. They're at the funeral. <laughs> it's snowing like shit. Carol's in a catatonic state. This is like a week later. She's still fucked up, which is understandable. It is. She just okay. saw Jeff Goldblum's ass. It's understandable. <laughs> and now, and she saw his dick. <laughs> and who oh, knows how awful that was? Because we didn't see that. Yeah, we didn't see that. Well, angle. we know his ass is awful because I didn't of Joe. See, I didn't see anything yeah, swinging. Yeah, he might have had a, had a hammer. Oh, you're talking about his dick. Yeah, yeah. we don't know. We like, only saw what? the shot from behind, but he was forcing a bajet. I don't. I don't know what's going on with his dick. All I'm saying is his ass was horrible. So probably maybe his Everything dick was horrible. Everything was probably horrible. Yeah. Either way, I. I don't know. He's very charming. His jughead was to matter. distract the eye. You know. <laughs> so he draw the focus up to his head. Anyways. So he's like, I guess Paul had been staying with his drippy fucking son-in-law. He's like, I gotta go back home. You know, I'm gonna fix everything up. That's right. So he goes back. And he goes to the police station to see if there's any new news on what happened. They caught these creeps. And we get the first cut of the police station where we have – in the foreground, it's visibly – we get the back of a pimp. He's wearing a very purple big hat. He's got a radio in his ear blasting out something. And the, he's just calling out to the cop, hey, did you find my dog yet? That dog does – you know, makes my money. He paints with his paws, motherfucker. Motherfucker, motherfucker. Oh, my God. Was that Joshua? It was Joshua. Before he got into the fights, he oh. was selling paw paintings of dogs. <laughs> and if the cops don't care about a missing dog, you know they don't care about rape victims. That's so right. So they're like, it's like, well, they we they take him to the detectives on the case. It's like, we don't have anything. You know, we're, I'm just going to tell you right flat out. We're not going to look. We don't care. You know, go on with your life. Charles Franklin's in charge of the case. Go talk to him. Talks to Charles Franklin. Oh, that's not my department. You can talk to the detective, though. Talks to the detective. We ain't got no clues. What do you What do you think we're doing here? Come on, guy. Get out of here. There. Because, um, in fact, he did try to talk to, uh, uh, what's his, uh, Jack. 
But Jack refused to let Carol see the mug shots. He's like, it's too sensitive. It's too close right now, which I kind of get. But they're like, you know, Paul, this guy said Paul Kersey probably 94 times. I like his full name all the time. Yeah. Paul Kersey. Paul Kersey, do you want some coffee? Paul Kersey, please have a seat. Paul Kersey, have you seen my wife and children yet? Paul (laughs) Kersey, what are the New York Giants thinking? Like, Paul Kersey's on the brain. But, yeah, he he explains to him, Mr. Paul Kersey, there's no hope of finding these guys if you can't get your daughter, what's her name? Carol. In here to, you you know, point out who possibly mugged her. So he leaves dejected. Cut back to, speaking of Carol, she's doped the fuck up. I guess that's how you treated people back in those days. Just put them on drugs, you know, and make them zombies. Oh, yeah. She's uh, she's at home in bed at Jack's right. place, Jack and her's place. Yeah. And Jack goes to comfort her because I guess she woke up from, like, a nightmare or something. I did notice they had the Paul Lynn special on. Yeah, that would make me scream. Because she loses it and starts screaming. And he's like, oh, what am I going to do? I'm such a wimp. You know, and then we just <laughs> cut away. We're all disgusted by Jack. He sucks. Oh, yeah. And I believe we're going to nighttime here or maybe we're in the daytime. But Paul is just walking around the streets of New York. A lot of shots of him just kind of uh, contemplating life and thinking and writing poems on his head, haikus, trying well, to Well, he always calm. thought this shit could never cool. happen to him. That's what you think, you know. You're just yeah. like, you can never happen to me. That happens to other too, people. I have too much money. It can't right, happen to me. Exactly. All right. And so now, like, the fucking facts of life are hitting him hard. He's looking for it everywhere, and he's noticing it everywhere. So he's noticing thugs. He's crawl. finally noticing, Griff, because he lived in his like little world. He had the blinders on. Yep, yeah, the blinders and now on. he's like, getting empathy for the rest of the world, what we have to deal with, the little people. Yeah. Joe, you probably saw this in Taylor, right? Absolutely, every day. Yeah, just thugs mean everywhere. Taylor. Jerking thugs. off. Yeah, you gangs. Know. Gangs, yes. Gangs, of course. Oh, boy. Gangs. So everywhere. Did, you, did you roll around with a sock full of quarters as well? Uh, you know, every once in a while, I get hard on the basketball court, you know, where I was known as Coleslaw, street name. Coleslaw. You know, absolutely. Coleslaw. Mean Streets of Taylor. Now, who was uh, the basketball icon you looked up to? I already discussed Bill Embiid and Isaiah Thomas. Dennis Rodman. Oh, you're a Rodman all, all guy. Oh. Rodzilla, yeah, absolutely. What's his nickname? Rod the Bod. No, it's not. That's the one Hollywood gave him. That's the only one I care about. It's the Worm. Oh, The Worm. Getting back to the movie, guys. <laughs> you got bailed out, motherfucker. Whatever. <laughs> so Paul shows up at the bank. We're like, oh, he's going to deposit something. No, he's like, give me $20 in quarters. I'm going to the arcade. <laughs> I'm going to go play uh, Sea Wolf 2. <laughs> I know it's wrong. I, it's, it is. No, you're right. And oh, he, yeah, I'm right. And we got super meta, Griff, because he actually played a character in a movie called Sea Wolf right before he died. I like that. I like how that when shit Praise comes together. Praise him. So he's like, because he's, he's never touched a gun in his life, or has he? So now he's just going to do the old, put the put the quarters in the sack and beat a motherfucker. Yeah, we see moment. him working out with them in his office and everything, flinging them around like nunchucks. I was ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does, so he's, he decides he's got to... He's he's so frustrated. With, he can't. No, he's getting nowhere with the cops. So he's like, I'm gonna take the law into my own hands. So he just said, he starts walking the streets, trying to make himself look like a victim. Yeah. And this guy comes up to him, give me money, man. Give me fucking money. I'll kill you. And then he's like, whips out that fucking sock, spins it around, boom, hits the dude, and the dude One just crumbles. Shot. Done. 
Yeah. That, these people are bitches. This whole night. Like, it, all these thugs, like one hit, it's over. It's like, you don't get up like, and try to fight the guy. Why did you do that? Like, <laughs> I just asked it. for money. I got a drug problem. This Have some fucking sympathy. Whole night is built up on the fact that his work wants to send him to Tucson. He can't leave his daughter, but he goes to visit his daughter. And he learns that Jack, who's like, oh, all the doctors say you shouldn't be coming around here anymore. Uh, you remind her of mom and no, you can't be around her. We're going to go somewhere else. Yeah. I, well, I, I'll come with you. No, you can't <laughs> be around. I really felt bad for Paul because this is his daughter for fuck's sake. But this is in these days, like the husband would take precedence over the father. So you, could, you couldn't do anything. It's, I will. It's what the husband would do. Everything is fucked up in this situation. They get this very right about this movie. Like, they finally, we, we, you know, it's nothing to joke about. We joke about all the emotion. What was it last week where our, uh, it was in our tippy tap where um, Shatner was like, oh, yeah, Bonnie was brutally raped, but her mind is okay. <laughs> no, he said her body was okay, her body was but okay, her mind is fucked but up. But her mind is fucked so this movie, <laughs> yes, this happened. It was, it was a throwaway line. Hey, Joe, hand me one, too. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's fucked in this movie. So Paul is trying to weigh all this because he's being, he can't, thank you, he can't go see his daughter, and his son's taking, his son-in-law, oh, yeah. who calls him daddy. Oh, that's the weirdest part. He calls that him daddy. Makes me sick. It does. Thank you. Makes us all sick. And uh, so, yeah, as he's walking home that night, he's got that roll of quarters. He's he's already frustrated as fuck. And this yeah, guy happens to mug him that very night. Tries to mug him. Tries to mug him. Yeah, you're right about that. Because he whips it out, swirls it around like Bruce Lee with the nunchucks, and pop. We're talking a roll of so- uh, quarters in a sock. It wasn't not like a, a dress sock, sock too. It yeah. wasn't even anything happy. I'm surprised he didn't have that... it in an athletic sock, which would have probably tube, been, tube sock would have been perfect revenge. That. You would have been able to kill a man with that, maybe. Mm-hmm. Either way, he hit him once, and this pussy fled. He was, oh God, no! That's all you got, got problems. That's all you got to do. <laughs> you got problems. That's it. And then, motherfucker, motherfucker! Immediately, Paul gets an erection. He's like, "Oh my god, this is, I feel like a man for the first time in my life. I just beat a man." <laughs> so he goes home. He's, he's trembling. He's no. He's, he's, he's practically orgasmic. And a rush. He grabs a takes a shot. Ooh, of, what a rush! Takes a shot of tequila, and then he whips out his his his, his, his fucking like. Uh, Dick thing is 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 it's a symbol. Yeah, it's bronchlung. <laughs> he pulls out the symbolic dick, which is his sock full of quarters. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. starts slinging it around, bashing, hitting fucking table lamps and everything. Now, Joe, uh, me and Marie have not had this experience before, but you being from the mean streets of Taylor, I'm sure you've taken out a thug or two. What Absolutely. Was, what was the joy you felt in your heart? What What did you do after you beat up some oh, thugs? Oh, God, it just brought so much joy. I didn't use a sock with quarters, per se. I actually took the chain off of my huffy. Oh, I like swung that. Swung it over my head like Ghost Rider and cracked the guy right in the mouth with it. it got, mm-hmm. I didn't really do any damage, but I think it scratched his cheek. He ran away. I said, what a pussy. Oh. It made me feel like a real man, like I'd just dominate the world. Oh, my God. You was... probably went to the Pizza Hut buffet right after that and just said, I'm just taking what I want. And Absolutely. I can imagine you just grabbing I got a hot a tray. Pizza, like a personal pizza and the salad bar. Like unlimited cottage cheese 
awesome for a nine-year-old. I can't believe wow. how into Kaiser Jesus man is. <laughs> like I've never known, except for Arcus on uh, on on Twitch, to be so into cottage. Well, cheese. that was the thing. It was like a delicacy. You're like you got cottage <laughs> cheese. <laughs> delicacy. There's <laughs> no got, flavor. I don't know. I had nothing like that in my fridge. I was in Taylor guys. <laughs> Exotic food. Garbanzo beans. It was amazing. All yeah. these little things in the salad bar that I couldn't experience in my house normally. I had apples and oranges, maybe some cereal. All right? There was no cottage okay. cheese or garbanzo Murray. beans. He had apples and oranges in his house at least. We didn't even have that in my house. We had pizza seven nights a week, and that's it. I didn't even know what cottage cheese I was. Didn't know, I never knew cottage cheese was exotic, but apparently I didn't know, it is. Look, well, well, here's another fact. I didn't know what cottage cheese was until I was 24. Yeah, that's, yeah, I believe that. It's sad. Here's another true fact. I didn't eat my first strawberry until I was 24. Yeah. I, what? Yeah, I know that. That's, that's Are trash. you serious? This is a whole thing How? I've cataloged with my friends. Me eating fruit for the first time. Pear, 24. Strawberry, 24. Uh, mango, I believe, was that same year. I was going to say, mango's got to be <laughs> the year of the fruit, 29. as we call it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what haven't you had? Have you had a pineapple yet? Yeah. Okay. No, what, I've had what, a, what about a kiwi? Yeah. No, at okay. this point, I've had a lot of fruit. I, I, <laughs> Everyone I, is riveted now. Fruit? They're like, no. Oh, oh wow. shit. Have you had a kumquat yet? No. It sounds mm. erotic, though. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It's, uh, it's like what? a baby orange, but you eat it whole, like peeling off. You know what? I probably have. I yeah. just thought it was a They're super expensive around idiot. these parts. Guys, I told you guys this would be a long episode. <laughs> Are we done with fruit talk? Yes. We're heading to Tucson. Real America, Griff. This is real America. In fact, the aforementioned Arcus, who also loves cottage cheese, is in Tucson. So we meet Ames Jane Chill, who's... who's, who's get, what? He's such a real man. He doesn't have one. He has two sets of long, uh, longhorns uh, horns on his fucking station wagon. One on the, seat of the roof and one on the hood. Isn't that how uh, the Duke of New York rolled? No, he had chandeliers. Chandeliers. I'm sorry. That's much cooler, by but, the way. But uh, Boss Hogg from uh, Duke's Hazard did that. There we go. But he didn't have them on the roof of his car, too. I'll have you know I grew up with a pillowcase I drooled into every night. Duke's of Hazard. And this guy's looking pretty sweet. He's got the yellow-tinted glasses. Got the sharpshooter glasses on. And he's got the cowboy yeah. hat. Yeah. And he's like, welcome to real America. And then Paul's like, you know. You know, I... You know, as we reflect on this movie, I could really see this as like a David Lynch movie, like with images, because this guy is is not so much a human being as he is a characterization of a lot of things. That's how I see him. Okay. I just see him as a character in this movie. Okay. And he's the guy in charge of development, and he's like, look, I don't want you fucking with these hills, all right? So Paul has a fucking heavy project. Again, so. we're ta- Paul is a... Um, Architect? He's an architect. Badass job, man. Yeah. George Costanza. Only the toughest you know? to become architect. And so he takes them out to the land that they want to turn into this uh, suburb McMansion neighborhood, but only it's it's not quite into suburb McMansion area as we are now in America where everything's fucked. Um, he's like, I want to preserve the hills. And we look up at the hills. There's a cowboy with a bucking bronco and, you know, a couple of cows behind him and everything. It's beautiful. Right. I think I saw an engine or two. So this 
hardcore conservative is actually conservative, which is blowing my mind right there. Yeah. Because he's like, no, we want, I don't care if we're going to lose a couple houses. Yeah. Save these hills. M5 pipeline? No way. These hues, hues? Hills. hills <laughs> need to shine. So he's like, but before we go off to dinner, I want to I show you a little Wild West show. It's great. People love it. So he takes them to like, there's like a fucking town or some shit, like a fucking. Yeah. It's like some faux town. It's like, hey, this is how it was when you established the West. Yeah, it was kind of cool. They're, they were like, it was like a set that they used for movies, supposedly, and everything. But it was that old Western town where you just see one road with uh, shops, you know, a saloon, a fucking wall saloon is the bar, a uh, whorehouse, you know, you got to get your dick wet. You know, you got all that lined up straight in front of you. It's the quickest way to shop around. We should probably get these in more places, solve more problems. Let's legalize prostitution is what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. So there's a Wild <laughs> West show going on, like a live action show. And Paul is loving it, man, because he's like, this is how you should treat criminals because the sheriff is shooting people, kicking them in the dick. He's doing all that kind of shit. Well, as I mean, he's watching it. They're both watching Paul for the first time. That we've seen him, even when his wife was a lot. Well, he did smile a little bit for his wife until she said she wasn't going to fuck him on the beach. Then he frowned. Bullshit. It is bullshit. I agree. Fuck on the beach, everybody. It's fun. You got to do it. Especially in the ocean. Definitely do that. Shit. It's good fun. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah, so we're seeing him smile for the first time, but there, there's a lot of fighting happening here. How did you feel about this fighting, Joe? Uh, it was pretty good. I felt like this actually would have probably been my job in 1974. I would have worked in that saloon, uh, mm-hmm. throwing those punches and whooping those asses. So I feel I liked like it. I, I like those punches a lot more than what I see nowadays. I mean, obviously, these people are faking it. Unlike Joe here, Joe is the real deal. I'll kill a man. He, I've seen him. I've seen him kill yeah, we, multiple. We buried men. a couple bodies for him. But. Yeah, I've when, been when to I Taylor. Hit somebody, I want to do brain damage. TV eyes. <laughs> Yeah, that's Look, it. that's the only thing that gives me joy. It makes me real hard. <laughs> and that is okay. the cruelest joke you can tell in America because we have the worst healthcare system. So when you give someone brain damage, they're fucked forever. Like you get to enjoy that joke day in and day out. Anyways, uh, Murray, he's uh, enjoying this fight. Yes, he's enjoying it, and that's all. It ends. He it comes. I don't know what happens. Next day, Ames like, hey. Want to come over my place? And, he's uh, he's walked in on Paul, who's working very hard. Yes, he's burning it, the, the midnight oil. This looked like uh, the Paperboy map in that NES game, Paperboy, where you have the houses lined up. Boop 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 boop. Beep 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 boop boop. The houses you need to deliver the papers to, where the loop de loop is, where the Grim Reaper will run out at you in the morning. <laughs> Why are you explaining this game? We're supposed to be explaining the movie. Because I like the game. Okay. Paperboy was hot in 1988. <laughs> okay. I'm but just... not 74. So right. we That's where we're at right now. <laughs> I like that I shit on Joe for my awful joke. <laughs> I'm just trying to cover up, man. That... You are. Yeah. And then I'm still. Yeah. Give him <laughs> Who's the real heel? <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so uh, he's like, you're not one of these folk who likes to go out for dinner now, are you? Like, oh, I could go for a bite or two. Could like, you? Because I think I want to show you my gun club. He's like, gun club? He's like, yeah, it's a place where guys get together and sh- shoot off shakes or dick don't work no more. Do you like jello shots? <laughs> I love jello shots. <laughs> well, you should come on down. 
So the next thing you know, we're just at a shooting range. Where's the Where's the food? I, don't know, I, was I didn't see any Jello shots. I didn't see a shooting range. I saw a basement. Yeah, I think this is some like serial killer shit going on. Like Ames wanted to get him to his basement. There was guns. a lot of Confederate flags there. There wasn't Murray. even anybody else in the club. No, it was just really. the two of them dicking around. It's a basement. And he, and he whips out a gun. You ever seen one of these before? He's like, I, I, I'm familiar with them. I'm a... Uh, oh, yeah. You know. He's like, he's like, what war were you in, boy? Well, nah. yeah, he, he's like, I've held a gun before. You know, I was in the war. He's like, yeah, you, what was your war? World War II? Or, you're goddamn old. World War I? <laughs> war 1812? What the fuck? Like, well, you know, I was at the Battle of the Bulge. He's like, oh, no, I was at... I was in Korea. I was a CO. Commanding officer. That sounds hot. Well, like, uh, no, I was the uh, conscientious objector. And immediately, this, you can just see his dick go limp. Like, Ames, the thought he, he wasn't and doing he's like, oh, you conscientious objector. And he's like, well, you have killed somebody, haven't you? No, I've never killed anybody. But I've handled a gun before. Oh, you probably think us cowboys think this like, gun is an extension of our penis. That's <sighs> exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> Joe, would you like to do a Western voice for us? <laughs> do a little Ames for us? You think this is about my penis? <laughs> I just wanted Joe to yell about his penis. I'll tell you what, that's not about my penis. That's all I got. I'll kill you if you say it's about my penis. My penis works this and it's about big. guns and being a man. And so we learned that he, that uh, Paul is familiar with guns. He's like, my father, he, he hunted... And then one day he was out hunting and he got drunk and some fucker shot him in the head. Dick Cheney? Dick Cheney shot him in the face. <laughs> and my mom, she said, no more guns for you. Said they were out hunting pheasant in Alaska. Uh, I looked it up. I don't think there's pheasant in Alaska. So we know that Paul's familiar with guns. And he shows us. He goes, let me see that gun for a minute. Immediately shoots a bullseye, like right off the bat. Didn't even warm up. And like, God damn! They don't do the directions back for him. God damn, son! He's like, yeah. He's like sitting his fucking oh, head God, on his Oh God! He's taking the hat off. He's swiping across the like, Wee, boy! I gotta tell you, the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And he's he's, he's on all the NRA lines. He's just. Well, yeah, if you've listened to any kind of gun argument in America, we have a lot of fans overseas. If you listen to any kind of court battle over guns in America, it always comes back to Death Wish 1. Because Ames has... <laughs> that's that's actually the Death Wish uh, argument they use. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's like the nine. Chewbacca argument they brought up in South Park. This is the Death Wish argument. The only way... The only way, boy, to stop a bad boy with a gun... Is a good boy with a gun, and I'm a good boy. And he pulls out nine guns. <laughs> I'm a real good boy. He says, "Paul, guns don't kill people. People kill people." And he just he's just going all he's just. Doing well, he, he rails off those crime statistics right. in New York too. Boy, I gotta tell you, I get the New York Times twenty-one rapes last week. Do you know how many rapes we had in Tucson? Three. Three. <laughs> three. It was three. Yeah. I was gonna say zero, but it's three. Yeah, bear in mind, nobody fucking lived in Arizona at this time, and there's like 20 million people in New York City. This is why they can still afford to preserve the hills. But yeah, he's just like it's apples and oranges. They don't you can't compare fucking the crime rate in Arizona to New York fucking city. There's like 
one-tenth the fucking amount of people. But he uses it anyway. That's his argument. And he's like, boy, you've given me a lot to think about. Hit me that gun again. And then he just starts fucking railing off shooting that. He takes a second gun from him, and he's like, what are these notches in this gun? Well, that belonged to old Shooter. An old Western Shooter. Those notches are keels, boy. Well, that gets me hard. <laughs> and we just assume they blow each other. I don't know. They cut There's away. a lot of hardness going on. I, I, I definitely think they fucked. Yeah. The Paul, Paul is in the second. Reach around. I think Ames was jerking him off while he was shooting. I don't know. There's definitely. Oh, that's like a ghost thing happening here. He's he's <laughs> fast and clean pulling. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's fast and clean pulling. Yeah. He's got a rag. Catch the jizz. Chloroforms him. So. Paul is so excited about this. He figures out a way to save them Nar Hills. So the hills are fine. Ames signs off on it. He's like, well, I guess you got to go back to that hellhole in New York City. I'm going to miss you, boy. <laughs> got a pretty mouth, Paul. Well, I got to get home. I got my daughter. I got to see her. Uh, so this is a prequel of uh, Brokeback Mountain, right? Yeah. So they drive to the airport. And Ames like, hey, you got you're you're gonna check this this uh, bag, are you? Oh yes, I am. Oh good, got a present for you. He's got two little boxes, puts them in there. This is pre nine eleven, guys. You could do this. You could ship guns in your in your your carry on. And they goes back to New York. First thing he does, he's a great dad. So first thing he goes, he goes to the hospital, check on, see what's going on with Carol. Well, I mean, he doesn't even get out of the airport. For, 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 first of all, I wanted. I'm oh, sorry, I wanted to skip everything Mur- with Jack. So, yeah, Murray, you get you get too much into the, just the reading. Uh, first of all, we've just brought a gun into an airport in '74. Yeah. Let's just let's just go ahead and think about this. What's the most, Joe? What have you brought in an airport? <laughs> what have I brought? Into Every an airport? single last item you've brought in an airport. Clearly, definitely not a freaking gun. Um, like hair gel is probably the worst thing. <laughs> and you got caught? I've gotten caught. With eight ounces of hair gel? They're like, this is too much. And what the, have you done? They threw my got to be right out the window. And, of course, the pectoralium gel you carry with you. That as well. That's right. I said, why Why does a Manhattan need this much cocoa butter? Why are you bringing this with you? I said, I need to oil up for the uh, pool. I got to let everybody know. They're like, why don't you just jump in the pool, get wet, let it glisten off your pecs, and show all the babes in Vegas what's up. I said, no, I got to let them know before I even get in the pool that... I'm ready to go. Do they understand that? Or are they give you a hard time they about don't, that? They're not body guys. They're not body guys. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just us body guys that understand that. Me it, being a it. skinny, 100 pounds, wet type of guy, I understand yeah, yeah, that but too. You're just slick and shredded. I'm so, that I'm, that's right. I'm that's, slick and shredded. That's, that's all that matters. That's it. <laughs> I'm slick and shredded like a Christmas ham. That's, that's me. <laughs> I glisten when I baste in honey and brown sugar. That's, that's what I do. <laughs> If I step out on a Speedo, I'm covered in brown sugar just to really amp it up. I love this because, you know, guns obviously weren't al- aren't allowed anywhere nowadays. And you know what? We should be able to carry guns with Absolutely. us. Carry Everywhere on. you go, you should just be able to have one like, at your beck and call. Anyone well, pisses you off, hey, yeah. you gave me the finger. Guess what, buddy? You're dead. I got to tell you, I flew down to Germany. I was like, you guys won't let me bring my gun with me? I mean, I can bring all my drugs with me, but I can't bring my gun with me? And so I was high as shit without my gun? I mean, come on. Horrible. These I idiots don't know how to run lives. They, 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 under- don't know. they don't they know. Don't understand. They don't know living. They don't understand how many drunk teenagers I came across while I was incredibly high in a very dark and scary park in the middle of the night. Yeah, you were straight up killed every single one of them. 
No. I would self-defend myself <laughs> against every yeah, one of them. Stand your ground. I had, I had to load up a sock with a bunch of fucking Libras. <laughs> Euros. That's what they call them. Yeah, that's what they call them. Yeah. Libras? That's uh, Italy. Liras. Liras. Libras is uh, astro- astro- astrology. Oh, yeah. Scales. Yeah. Liras. Yeah. Where are we at now? We're just getting off the airport. Jack's meeting him. Dad! Wow. That was shrill. I hate Jack. I do, too. Can you figure it out? She's getting worse, Dad. They say it's, it's a schizoid embolism. He's a, she's a vegetable. Let's just kill her. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, whoa, 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 son. That is, first of all, you're not my son, but that is my daughter. I don't like where you're going with this. Well, I'll take, we'll take you to the hospital. You'll see for yourself. She's fucked up. Because she's on drugs. They got her doped up, dude. Mm. Fresh fruit for rotting and he vegetables. And he grabs her and hugs her. And I notice she doesn't flip out when, she, when, when he hugs her. But she flipped out whenever Jack touches her. What'd you read into that scene, Joe? Dad gets a hugger. No reaction. Jack hugs her. Total reaction. I thought it was bullshit. Bullshit. God, Joe was digging deep into the fucking like symbolism here. Right. This is I intense. I fucking hate Jack. And to make Jack even worse, he starts complaining about how much it's going to cost to fucking keep her institutionalized. Well, he wants to see her. What he's really hoping is that she just kicks it as well. Right. He's sick of seeing this. He wants to hit the town just like Paul's right. about to. Well, so he's a rich bitch, see. so. That's it, yeah. Yeah, I he think. He is scum. I, is he going back to his house and like fucking other broads on the on the on the oh, 100%. on the side? Hundred yeah. percent, Jack. I mean, he tried yeah. to touch Carol, and Carol. Well, but who would want to fuck Jack? I mean, who? He, should be, he should be lucky. He got Carol. He's paying for it. Oh, that, that makes sense. Look at him, legal. So that's why he's that's why he's so worried about how much it's going to cost to put Carol yeah. in the oh, hospital. Like, this is less he's like, for I got to play for pussy. I, pay for. I thought this was a comment on how much healthcare costs in America. It's a comment on how much prostitution costs because it's illegal. Guys, That's I get it. it. I get it. I hate this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Legalize prostitution. Let fucking uh, husbands with vegetable wives fuck prostitutes. I like wow. it. I like. I like it. I'm glad we all reached the same agreement. Here. <laughs> so, Paul so Paul, he's he doesn't know what to do. So he goes home. He opens that gift, that big black gift. Yeah. And it's that fucking gun with the notches and, and, and engraved. It's like. Had a great time that one night. Love, Ames. You know why? Yeah. Because it's reverberating in his mind. He just hears the voice. I bet a liberal pussy like you couldn't even hit a target. Mm. Echo. It's target. Echoing. Target. He's remembering it. He target. says, yeah, well, now I have this gun. We're going to see. I like to imagine later in the scene when Jack comes over to his house that he's like, no, 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 no. Don't go in that room. And it's just pictures of Ames. And his fucking yellow tinted glasses. Like, I think he's got a total hard on for him. He's got a hard on for murder because he pockets that gun and he's like, time to go to work. He wants to live fast is what it's all about, guys. And as we saw at the open of the movie, his wife didn't want to live that kind of lifestyle. Oh, all she right. didn't want to he, fuck on the beach. That's it. He wants, wait, he wait, wait. wants risk all the time. You're on to something. He, he wanted wants... a threesome. With another dude. He might have wanted that what? as well. <laughs> what? He might have wanted that as well. He's like, you know, and she's you're like, hot, but you know yeah. what would be hotter? Another dick in you. That's not mine. <laughs> well, like, I, 
I thought it was more because we, we were exploring that he's baby latently homosexual, that maybe he wanted to bring a guy in for him. And, well, she's, just, and she's just like, no, 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 no. We ain't going there. This is 1974. We don't do that. Guys, I thought we were going in a whole other direction here. Uh, well, obviously, the gun represents a penis. And like, he, did you say a whole other erection here? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm talking about dicks. So, yeah, of course I'm talking about erections. All right. He said, I want to go in a whole other erection here. I want to shoot a man with a pistol, which represents a dick, into a gaping uh, wound, which represents a vagina. He wanted to fuck people on the street of New York. He wanted to fuck his wife in the alleys. Joe, why does it always boil down to, like... Latent homosexual whenever you're on our show. <laughs> broke down the commando one. I don't and now. know, because I'm just sitting here oiled up. These <laughs> yeah, people can't see it, true. but, you know, yeah. I'm just... Joe is wearing a uh, rainbow they tank top. Over. They yeah. said, hey, Joe, we want you full gimmick. I said, all right, guys. <laughs> he is wearing a rainbow tank top that says Spartan Squad on it. So, I mean, where else are we supposed to take that, Murray? The Spartans are cool, man. Halo. Doesn't even remember commando... <laughs> oh yeah, we're going to well, that. Yes, so, uh, <laughs> we keep track of our booking. All right, I love the continuity. All right, I'm sorry, I'm embarrassed. We're very continuous around here. Paul hits the street. We are called within Canada. seconds. He sees a. Um, has this may seen a man getting beaten to death or something? Is this what I'm thinking about? Or is this another? You're one? skipping ahead. Of okay, day. so you just. Guy starts. Oh, you're right. It's a junkie tries to mug him. He's like he's hanging out at like Central Park or something. Well, yeah. We first we see a black guy who's coughing, and Paul stares him down. And the guy's just like, "Fuck! I've just got a cough. I'm taking a lozenge. What the Dude, hell?" COVID. All right, I do it too. Yeah, he's like, "Calm down." And Paul's just where's like, your mask? Paul points the gun at him. He's like, "You keep that cough under control." Capiche? Then he continues walking. Paul is out looking for trouble. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so he's he's just walking along. Like I'm, I'm going to say it's Central Park. And a junkie comes up behind him. He's like, give me your fucking money, man. I need a fix. And then Paul's got this move where he cut a hole in the pocket of his, his uh, overcoat. And so he puts his hand in his pocket, turns around, hands holding the gun. Blast that fucking junkie. Brilliant. That's right. That's right. Absolutely brilliant. Works every time. And this is his first time. He's never fucked in the park before, so he runs right back home. He fucking collapses after he shuts the door. He pukes and he gives out a prayer. Please, Lord, send me more commie scum to smite in your honor. I'll do it with this nine iron vengeance justice stick you've given me. Next day, the cops are at... We we meet the character Frank Ochoa, Detective Frank Ochoa. I love the fact he was... He must have had allergies because he's constantly cocking loogies and fucking putting nose fucking spray up in his nose. And he's just like, all right, I figured it out. Obviously, uh, this guy, he got murdered. Who gives a shit? Let's go on with our lives. He's a junkie. <laughs> I mean, it's probably what cops really like that. 100%. Dealing with this shit every day. <laughs> so he's like... Looks like suicide to me. You agree? Everyone agrees. Like, well, his gun hasn't been shot off. Well, that could be somebody else's gun. I don't know. So we learned that this cop doesn't really give a shit about his job. That night, Paul, he's back out on the streets looking for trouble. This is where three goons step up to him because they're beating up somebody. Yeah, they're beating up somebody. And like, you know, in an alleyway. And they're like, hey, there's another guy right there. This guy has no money. Let's beat up this guy. He looks rich. 
And Paul just fucking unloads on him. She, I think one had a gun, one had like a pair of nunchucks, one had one had fucking... size. <laughs> he pretty much rolled up on the Ninja Turtles, but in human form. <laughs> exactly. But they weren't shit. They weren't shit. They didn't have any fun-loving pizza comments or anything. You know what? They all got dead. That's all that matters. They ate pizza lead. That's it. So and and the, when the cops show up, I think the Frank shows up again. And the guy's like, I didn't see anything. Because he's like, finally, somebody's doing something about the scum on this street. You cops just let people do whatever the fuck they want. You're planting evidence. You're fucking choking people. <laughs> and so they're like, the, the, the Frank is like, you're, you're, you're kidding. You didn't see anything. You're full of shit. Cut to Carol. They finally agree they're going to commit her. Because Jack's jealous. He's like, he's seeing all the fun that fucking... Uh, Paul's having, and he's like, I want in on that, so I need to get rid of this wife. I read this completely differently. I saw this as Jack thought he was going to fuck the nuns. Okay, I didn't read Nobody that else re- read no, that at all, no. apparently. I, I think that's disgusting. I saw these cutie nuns with their faces you all didn't tucked even away. See them. What? They, yeah. You didn't see what they looked like. Yeah, they were, they were adorable. They were Unbelievable. cute nuns. Hiding all their curvy parts. What do you think they had in there? Exactly. What did they have in there? And the that's, mystery is what gets you. Eh? That's what I'm in All the right. mind of. What do you want under there? What do I want under everything under there? <laughs> Leave nothing behind. Take this is a no holds barred match in the bedroom. Oh my god. Uh, we're actually gonna lower the curtain so God can't see it. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll go in the confession booth later. It's it's fine. My dick will be popping through the one end though. <laughs> It's going to be a glory hole situation with God on the other side. God's the lady, Murray. Carol. (laughs) (laughs) She's committed to this Christian institution. Jack, he's finally got his wish, but he's trying to cover up because, after all, this is this guy's daughter. So he's like, Dad, what's going on with the city? If we had only just lived out in the suburbs or in McMansions, none of this would ever have happened. This is supposed to happen to black people and poor people, not us. We could have been having barbecues with the neighbors and the houses that are just like right next to us. We're on top of each other. It's kind of like a city, but it's awful for the structure and the environment and everything. We could have had a dog that we abandoned outside. We could have had it all. Paul... He's full-blown ready to kill people. He's like, I don't know. I think there's something about living in the city. You can kill someone. No one cares. We're like pioneers, boy. Do you know what a pioneer is? Do you think pioneers still exist in this world today? And he just leaves us with that. We're just like, wow, that's really deep. Cut two. The PD. Frank Ochoa. He's got all the bullpen out. He's like, look, man. We, with all the evidence we have, we know this much. He's clearly a vet. He's got to be. Only a vet would kill people. <laughs> Not only that, something must have happened to him. He, his daughter got raped. His wife got pushed over. and Something like that. It's a tale as old as time. The wife gets murdered. The daughter gets raped. And so we're we're worried as uh, as viewers. We're like, oh shit, he's on to Paul. You know, that's exactly his mo. Yeah, they they can look this up. It sounds like they keep the like this is what they go out looking for. You know, so it sounds like they have this noted somewhere. Right, but they don't. Don't worry about it. So Paul, he's hitting the subway. He's he, he's much like uh, 
Cynthia from last week, where she had the very versatile fight ring, she has a versatile murder scenarios. Yeah, he actually, uh, again, this is not a rat and mouse game. This is a cat and mouse game where Paul is playing the very, very intelligent mouse, which puts him into the rat category because rats are very intelligent. I love rats. Uh, And so he's on the subway with groceries. And as we've kind of alluded to earlier, and Joe, if you were on mic, you'd attest to this. You don't walk around with groceries unless you're looking to be murdered. Like, when was the last time you were caught red-handed with groceries in your hand? Right before I came here, actually. What? I was actually, I walked out of Meyer. I had, this week, I guess Rachel got out of control with the grocery list. It was like. 240 bucks. I said this passion fruit. Yeah, uh, kumquats. No passion fruit this week. No kumquats. No apricots even. But um, it was out of control. Japanese turnips. A lot of stuff. And I said, you know what? Someone's gonna Radishes. try and kill me oh. right here, Meyer parking lot, Livonia. It's gonna happen. I was daring it, but it, it didn't happen. That's so for why some you reason showed... I wasn't attacked today. <sighs> That's why I you saw sh- the tiger jacket. That's why you. Sh- oh, the tiger. We jacket. know how mean the streets are in Livonia. So you just, you the streets around here. here. This is Northville area. You don't show up around here unless you're ready to take Straight on. Up, I, didn't, I, I don't even go to Northville, Meyer, because I know that's too soft. 100%. I'm like, no way I'm going to get attacked here. I want the threat of... I, I want to know that my life is in danger and that something could happen and I need to test my man. I agree with this. 100%. I want them to see the extension of my penis. And by that, I mean my erection. And by that, I mean I'm going to hurt them. Uh, I've obviously pointed out at this point that I'm 150 pounds lighter than you, soaking wet. And I go to the Northville um, Meyer and everyone's you, wondering Rip, what's their what's their you grocery gotta go routine. To yeah, this is not my grocery routine. I showed up there and I I did wet myself down to weigh a little bit more. But they do COVID vaccines up there, and so uh, yeah, I came in there and I just punched an old lady over, and I got her COVID vaccine. So I, uh, I've got the first dose. I'm money. jealous of that. Yeah, you don't. That's all have you it. need to do is punch an old lady. Just go bloom the hell out of her. Yeah, I go bloomed her. <laughs> <laughs> I go bloomed her. So Paul's on the subway. Let's get this back on track with groceries. With groceries and reading a newspaper. You don't see that anymore. Oh my god, no. And he's reading his. He's reading his own stories. He's type. Cutting out clippings for a scrapbook. Definitely not suspicious at all. Uh, and there's two thugs. So much thugs that people are getting off the fucking train, the car that, that Paul is in. He's all alone. He had Vinny's. And they so smell that Bruce storming. They walk up on him. And they're like, hey, motherfucker. You know how to read? You're like rubbing it in. And they cut his paper with a fucking switchblade. And what do you know? Paul's got the gun. Boom, boom. Kills these fuckers. Walks right off the fucking car like nothing happened. People are walking right on. There's a whole fucking ruckus. There's a cop that's right there. So he's walking. He's walking away as you know the cops are on the above ground in like a SWAT van, and they're like apprehending just anybody who's walking. They're stopping and frisking. They're, they're apprehending some jaywalkers. That's a, that's what how out of control their priorities were back then. Yeah. That's why we need Paul Kersey. Yeah, exactly. because they're like arresting Jay fucking walkers. Jay fucking walkers. The worst kind of walkers. Yeah, they're, not, they're not paying attention to the real crimes. Right. Like, you don't want to get involved. your time on fucking jaywalkers so you soft police. How That's many, why we need Paul Kersey. How many pennies did you take out of that take a penny? Freeze, motherfucker. It's like 
Motherfucker, motherfucker. Motherfucker, motherfucker. This is serious. Next day, there's a press conference with the commissioner because everyone, there's a vigilante on the loose. What the fuck are we going to do about this? So we give we get a little info. We like he uses the thirty two. He's using all the murders. It's the same gun, ballistics, blah 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 blah. And they're like, "Hey, this is our job to kill people. It's not the vigilante's job." So we want to ask the vigilante, "Can you please stop?" Please. All the choking people out, this stepping and kneeing on necks. That's us. All right. Take a break. It's our job. So, uh, Officer uh, Detective Ochoa he goes. He comes into the squad fucking room. I don't know what's called. They're getting calls. Everyone's wants to be fucking Paul because they see what a man he is. So yeah. everyone's confessing. Yeah. And he's like, "This is the twentieth call we've got today. These jokers, they don't know shit." Goes into a room. How do you feel about his, his partner's mustache? He had a pretty pretty intense mustache going on. I love this guy. He was so 70s because he had, I couldn't tell if it was a glass eye or just he had a lazy eye, but he had the fucking huge mustache. Like, I feel like my mustache, I mean, I have a small face and stature and everything. I don't think my mustache has the length that this guy has. Girth, this guy you could have made chrome sparkle with a brush of that mustache. Like, it was unbelievable. It, it's like, a, it, it looked like a cleaning tool. Like, when you say 70s mustache, when you say 70s face, you think of that guy. When you say 70s mustache, you think of that guy. When you say weak, limp, motherfucker mustache, you think of my mustache. So, yeah. No, not at all. Well, not it's... Not at all. But compared to that, brother... Yeah, okay. Wow. My parameter is Magnum TA, limp motherfucker mustache, which is me because I don't have a Magnum TA mustache. That's it. This is Magnum T-A-R-U. So, Mr. Mustache, he's like, look, we dusted the kumquats. There's no fingerprints on them. But we do have a clue. There is a receipt in here, and it's from D'Agostino's. And we all know people only shop within a block of where they live. So it's got to be within a block. The guy has to be within a block of this. That's a fact. I can't believe how good these police are in this movie. Like, it blows my mind. Immediately, they know. Like, these are seasoned detectives. They, they, this is the CSI of uh, the 70s, you know? Right. Yeah, they didn't have DNA and all that Enhance. Shit. Enhance. And Enha- They were just enhancing on the receipt until they figured out the <laughs> <Right>. serial number. <laughs> so, next day, Jack shows up for a liver and spaghetti dinner. I thought that was weird. But, uh... Paul, he got he's got the new fucking furniture in. He's got the painting. It's like he's it's just, a fuck pad like you've never he's seen. Ready to plow all these young bitches? Hello, I just painted That's the it. whole room orange. How do you think about the color? And he's like, Dad. I mean, it's great and all. I mean, I could f- get fucking freaky in here, but what about Carol? What about Carol? I got my own life to live. Do you think I should just sit here all day crying about my daughter? Please. There's pussy out there, Jack. Pussy that needs slaying. Capiche? <laughs> and he's blasting some gangster rap. He's like, dude, this isn't right. Don't turn that shit down. This is my liver making music. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like your liver? 
Do you want to, Joe? Actually, we shouldn't be asking. Me and me and Murray do not eat liver. No, Joe no. loves liver, though. Joe, <laughs> how do you like to prepare Guys, your liver? I'm sorry to disappoint you. I don't think I've ever had liver in my entire life. Yeah. I didn't know it was something you could get, like medium, medium rare, or anything. I uh, I have no idea what that entails. So look at this modest sorry. motherfucker. We sorry. talked to him for Straight three up. hours before the podcast, <laughs> and he won't even tell us his liver recipe. That's a secret. Well, fuck, guys. I don't, I don't eat liver. What do you want me to say? He doesn't eat liver. God. <laughs> guys, uh, next time we have Joe on, we'll get his liver recipe. Uh, until we'll then. We'll see if I can share it. I don't want to give away the secrets. I, it's, okay. Okay. It's, okay. It's, okay. it's okay. Everyone gets so, lots of calves like me if they get the liver recipe. Can't that, happen. That's the secret to, good, that's the secret to big calves. Then liver. everybody thinks that's they can walk around in shorts during calves. the summer and be confident. No. Only me. How? You bring up a good point. I'm sorry, Murray. How short are your shorts? Oh, they're very short. They're shortest. God damn it. God damn it. I knew this guy had short shorts. Of course he does. I wear short shorts, but not Joe short like, shorts. I can't wait. And now that my tan's back, like I got these uh, Rocky Four Apollo Creed trunks. And I mean, they're very short, but I got even shorter ones rugby style. And now that I'm, my tan's back, I'm going to start wearing those on leg day. And it's going to make everybody so uncomfortable and weird at the gym, but I, I can't wait. I can't have... wait for them all to see it. I have to imagine you have the undergarments that, not training undergarments, but the undergarments that John Claude had in yeah, Lionheart. I was thinking the same thing. Where you they got the particular little pouch where your penis is shooting straight up to the heavens. Uh, can you give us any background on those undergarments, or is that too much we'll of an leave industry? That for the mystery. I'll okay. leave a little bit to mystery. Okay, right? okay, That's okay, it. okay. That's we it. can't we can't reveal everything. I get so, it. So no. Paul's his night his liver night was ruined by that. Dick Jack. So he's like, I gotta murder somebody. I gotta get myself back high. So he heads to the <laughs> heads to the diner where all the whores hang out. One of them, Pinky Tuscadero, man, fucking Fonzie's girlfriend. She got rejected by the Fonzie. She just went on the streets in New York. Sells her yeah, house now. I love this. You see, I was a huge Happy Days fan. Joe, Joe, where, where's a show from your childhood that was from an era beyond yours that you really enjoyed? Beyond my, I guess it would be Happy Days. Happy Days? Yeah. Yeah, you're a Fonz guy too? My brother had an entire bag of Mego Fonzie action figure, like, in the attic. Like, he went through so many. Like, there was a Fonzie action figure back in the day. I believe that. Mego, the company, they made all the Marvel and Super and uh, DC guys, but whatever. But he broke these, like, nobody's business. So there was an entire bag of Fonzie parts and stuff. (laughs) It was like a what was Fonzie he doing with him to break Frankenstein like zombie graveyard that he had in this bag, but um yeah I'd definitely say Happy Days was probably that one. So we're all happy to see that Pinky Tuscadero is a whore now, selling her ass. <laughs> and as we pointed out, the cops are just busting jaywalkers. He's like, hey, there's the pussy posse out there. And then fucking uh, Paul, he's got this big wad, he's flashing around because he wants to draw out the fucking crooks. Hey, everybody, cup of coffee on me. Anybody got change for 100 And, like, they don't have change for 100 So he pays for his coffee, walks out, walks to the subway. These two gentlemen follow him, whip out a gun on him, said, hey, mother. One guy, one's got a knife. I think one's got they a gun. Try, they, like, there's two of them. They surround him, and they say, hey, man, we're just trying to light a cigarette. He's like, oh, yeah, I got a match for you, fine, young black men. He knows the deal. I'm sorry, guys. Slow it down and everything, but this is the scene. And so he's getting the match out and everything, and they're like, look, we don't want a match. We want the money. 
He's like, I don't have any money. No, he says, you got to come get it then. Oh, you got to come get it? And then he just fucking shoots one of them. And the other one gets a knife slash on Paul before he gets shot. Yes, well, well, I think he, I think he runs away, and then he gets shot like as he's running away. He yeah, he gets shot twice as he's running away, but yeah. does stab Paul, and he gets so he finds the cops, and the cops firstly choke him, and then they say, "What happened to you?" And he's like, "This motherfucker fucking shot me, motherfucker." So fuck, we're on. But Paul uh, Paul gets away. He gets home. They they get him away. They get him to the hospital. Even there, they're trying to interrogate the victim. Like, who is this guy? Because they're pretty convinced it's the killer. And they pull 32 slugs out of him. So they're like, we got to be able to interview this guy. This is uh, Hank, I think his name was. Was it Hank? Who? The uh, dete- lead detective. Frank. Frank. Hank Frank, same thing. Frank is just like, oh, can you give us an idea on this guy? And they're like, oh, well, he could. If he was alive, he's dead. That guy's so dead. Like <laughs> dead he, as shit. He died. Shot twice. He died. He died as soon as you showed up. Like he, I don't know. <laughs> we he, cut back to Paul. He's watching TV, and we're learning that he's inspiring people to murder people as well. I he's love a, it. He's you got saw, he's got his coffee table. All these magazines about the mysterious vigilantes, keeping them all for posterity. We see the old lady that attacks somebody with a hat pin who's trying to rob him. A hat pin. You see, we got uh, Joe seen this in Taylor, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. And he encouraged people because he was in there. You know, Joe wears a mask when he fights people on the streets that Absolutely. he deems to be thugs. And it definitely encourages. It's a trickle-down economics. And I hear a lot about trickle-down economics for money, but actually it works for vigilanteism. It really, it trickles down. It really does. It inspires the masses and uh, it just shows them, hey, we're not going to take it. And uh, they start fighting back. I think it's we should start beautiful, calling it. Beautiful thing. I think what we're saying is really abolish the police. Yeah. Defund the police because we don't need them. We can yeah. take care of ourselves. It's called Batman economics. We have a Batman in our neighborhood and then everybody else feels encouraged to fight back. And, you know, everybody else starts being such pussies on the street when they see violence. They're just like, no, we're going to get involved. We're going to thrash this motherfucker. There's not much to it. Everybody's human. Everybody bleeds. Just fucking hit them. Yeah, so it's a positive thing what Paul is doing is what we're trying to say. Magazine, newspaper. He's just going through all of them, barely glimpsing them, just seeing how much he's being praised. And Love he's it. definitely getting off on it. Oh, he's definitely. Yeah. So much so that he's at a he's at a party where all the liberal elites are hanging out. But of course, the liberal elites hate vigilantes because they're sheltered from all this shit. It's like, oh, did you hear that? You know, rapes going down. What's going on with that? Oh, 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 oh. You know, and it's like he's I, just, he's just smirking to himself. He's like, if you only knew the people I've killed, dude. <laughs> I I didn't notice the scene until what I was watching it through earlier as my second watch through. And there's a woman who's just like, he is taking care of so many people. And a guy points out he's killing more blacks than whites. Well, I can't make whites more muggers than blacks. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Frank Ochoa, he nailed he, they narrow it down to nine people in the area that have that they had a, a loved one die or be attacked in a violent crime who have a war history a war veteran history and shop at this corner store. So they figure it's got to be Paul because he fits all the profile. Yeah, so we come to this is the next day right and they come to and they're like outside their house staking it out. Yeah. 
So they do all this work. They, they it's basically magic how they figure out it's Paul. Yeah, they're like, hey, let's fuck it all up by breaking into his house without a warrant, because that's Frank's ploy. He's like, all right, they're they're waiting outside his building. We see our man Paul leave to go to his job. I'm assuming, or just go kill somebody. Who knows? As we mentioned before, Paul uh, suffered a stab wound. Yes. And so after he came home, he had to bandage himself, and we saw all all that, and he threw. Um, the bandages in his trash. Joe's no stranger to bloody bandages in his trash can. No, sir. Uh, you've probably had to suffer through a lot of those. Quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> no hospital visits for Joe over here. Nope. Just sews himself up with some fishing line. And that's it. That's how you do it. It's pretty good. He sewed me up once or twice. Uh, what are you getting cut by? Him hitting me with trash cans. Uh-huh. I can't say hi to this motherfucker without him hitting me with a trash can. It's hardcore. This pisses me off. He's gonna give me I, a, a, a what, is, what do they call it? Stick a needle tattoo later. Sure. I didn't know he was an artist, but he told me he was gonna give me one. That's how <laughs> we did it in prison. You gonna get the lion heart? That's how we did it. He said he was gonna give me a lion heart. Well, I think he could do that one because that was pretty rough. I said, give that lion the biggest, strongest dick he can. <laughs> Vainy, throbby, huge. Exactly. Okay. So. <laughs> So, Paul takes off. They're tailing him. Some other cops tailing him. Ochoa's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break into his apartment, do tons of illegal shit, fuck up this whole case that I've built against him, which is pretty solid so far. It's a good case, I think. And he goes in. They break, literally break into his apartment. No warrant. Find the bloody fucking uh, bandages. Take a little for, like, a, a blood test. And he leaves. Yeah. And we get, actually, a scene pretty quickly here. Where the uh, Frank is getting called into the DA's office. Yeah, you know uh, that guy you've been tracking down? What's his name? Putz. Lutz. Putz uh, McGee. Putz McGee. Yeah, we don't want him. He's like, look, crime is literally is, it's quadrupled way down. Nobody's getting killed anymore. It's making us look bad. So we can't tell the public that what Paul Kersey is doing is working. And we can't handcuff him, and we can't kill him. We don't, we don't want to make him a martyr. We don't want to make him a martyr. So just figure out a way to get rid of him. That's exactly why Joe's still alive, because they don't want to make a martyr of Joe and Taylor. That's it. They don't even know you Drive operate over there. Drive all that crime down at the Telegraph and E-Course Walmart. Oh, my God, that Walmart. So I got pulled over around there so many times. Gardner White. Yeah. What a rookie. You got to know. That's I the do. Big, one of the biggest speed traps in the whole country. You see, it's hilarious, but it's very true. I've gotten pulled over there three times. You got to know. You got, Stop being alive for it. driving it every day. You don't think. Well, that's why fucking speed. people are getting murdered, Griff, because they're pulling you over for fucking going five over the limit. Yeah, they don't. And what was that basically saying is four. It's the world needs a Paul Kersey more than ever. That's what I'm saying. You know the Burt Bacharach song, What the World Needs Now is Love, Sweet Love? No. What the world needs now is Paul, Sweet Paul Kersey. All right. All right. Yeah, Hour right. three. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're like, yeah, just, just make him disappear. Frank's like, I got it, wink. So Paul gets a call the next day. Hey, you don't know who I am, but uh, the, co- the cops are watching you. You best look out. Look out, blood. Cadillac's coming in. But the cops are watching you. So Paul, he, he heeds the warning, and he hides his... Well, we we forgot to point out that he hides his gun in his office. So that's why uh, Frank never found his gun, the thirty two. Yes. 
So he's just like, this is what how I read. I think you read it differently than me. I think what he the what Paul's doing at the end is, are we at the end? We're getting close because he's heading home from after hiding his. Uh, he got the call. He got the warning. So we hid his gun because he was at his okay. office. That's where he got the call. Is at his office. So he hides his gun in his office. He heads home. On his way home, he gets frisked. Yeah, because Frank is trying to put the heat on him to scare him to stop doing this. Yes. So, so, so he's aware that the cops are watching him. I think what his ploy was, not that he wants to kill people so much, is that he wants them to think that he's in his apartment and have a murder happen with the thirty-two. So it's not him. Oh, that's what he's doing. That makes the most sense, definitely. Okay, so you're going with this. You think yeah. Paul's smart? Yes. Well, he's got away with how many murders so well, far? Well, I'm so. saying both of you think Paul is smart. He's dude. an architect. Of course he's smart. Uh, <laughs> smart and a fucking badass. He's an architect. Uh, Builds and creates shit. Guys, no. Uh, no, it's simpler than that. Because he gets up and as he's heading back to his apartment, the cops stop and frisk him. Because that's what we're doing back in the 74s. Is uh, stop and frisk, and they don't find a gun on him, and he's a white man, so he's, they're just like, I am so sorry to have stopped you, sir. And even, even uh, no, Frank doesn't step out, but everyone's just apologizing. Please head up. Don't don't press charges, but if you need to press charges, here's the direct number. He's like, well, no, of course not. Do you boys like liver? Do you want to come up? No, <laughs> no. We don't eat spaghetti either. Just go home. But up there... He's realizing, I can't get it up. He was so eager to come home and jerk off, but he can't get it up anymore. Because he doesn't have his gun. It's at work. Is that what you're saying? That and murder is the only thing that gets him hard anymore. Yeah. So I don't think this is about him being oversmarting. Maybe it's like it happens to work in the same vein, but this motherfucker wants to jerk off. So he's like, look, I got to sneak out, get my gun. Get out on the streets, murder someone, get back to my place, have a stiff cocktail, put on the fucking hard wrap, and then finally jerk off into my pedophilia, philodendron. Okay. Was there hard wrap in 1974? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, I don't even know the fucking That song. was his bit, so I was going along with him. <laughs> it was, I can't draw on a blank. What's the fucking Sugar Hill Gang? Sugar Hill Gang. Sugar Hill Gang. Okay, there we go. So he's like hip the hip the hoop the stepping. So all those things I just described have happened. He has uh, abandoned his apartment. He snuck out. The cops, Frank and his little assistant with the mustache, are watching his apartment, but the lights are still on. Frank gets a hunch. Hey, call his apartment, but the phone right next to them line's been cut. So he has to go into the subway, and he takes him 10 minutes to get down there. So Frank has, or Frank, uh, what's his name? Paul has made it over to his office. Guy has gone left. Well, thankfully, there were some trick-or-treaters in the middle of winter that yes. were trick-or-treating, and they caused a diversion so he could get out of his apartment. Yeah. And he goes to work, and Frank's like, fuck it, I got a hunch. I'm going to check his work. Yep. So he just misses Paul. Paul gets his gun. Leaves the guy who's like the janitor. He's like, yeah, Paul was here. He, he was jerking off with a gun. He, that's strange, huh? And then Frank's like, I got him. Yeah, he thinks he's got him. But after he gets to the office and finds out that he was just there, he's like, well, shit, I can never find him now. So he just goes back to his place to meet up with his partner. 
Meanwhile, Paul, despite crime being down 3,000%. It's not down enough to his liking, Griff. Come on. He wants it wiped out completely. He's going to kill every mugger in New York City. It's like you with that cottage cheese bowl. Like it. you, you, you hear three thousand percent. Every gram of protein this cottage cheese has to offer. It's going to make me huge, yeah. strong, and invulnerable. Yeah. What do you put on that cottage cheese, man? How are you eating that much cottage cheese? Oh, a lot. It, uh, Hot sauce, you know, peaches. Might make me a little bit constipated, but it's fine. No big deal. Just it, more mass. More mass. That's okay. It. There we go. That's it. Gotta get big. Eat big, get big. So Paul hits the hits the uh, the park again, and it just so happens he runs into three giggliners, and he's not he's trapped. He's on the steps. So it's once at the top, two at the bottom. And they they have this is a strategic attack by these uh, muggers. By the well, way, right? Because well, you know there's a crazy vigilant for money. It's just like where's the money, motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker. <laughs> Son of a bitch, <laughs> give me the money, motherfucker. He's got the Joshua lingo it's down. always the best. Yeah. Right, each time. They throw a sucker in there every Son once in a while. Son of a bitch is my favorite. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Immediately. Oh, greatest. Well, they got to come up with a plan because they, they still got to rob people, but they know there's a vigilante on the streets. So their plan is the pincer move. We got one there, two there, the pyramid move. Two at the bottom, one at the top. Did we ever bring up in the opening... Uh, uh, hour let's just say that i don't even remember the opening hour exactly that was five hours ago exactly did did we mention that this inspired the punisher no but it did oh okay this inspired the dolph lundgren movie the actual character gentlemen i I mean here's the thing like uh on the way here i was like man did this really inspire the punisher there's a lot of the same recurring themes i looked it up they both came out the same year 1974 do you guys happen to know what month this movie landed 1974 you know what what month 1974 i'm I'm, I'm out of it because apparently punisher came out when? In February '74, uh, I guess was the actual. I think it came out economy. after that. But, but there was a book this was based on. Maybe the but guy either read the way, book. the Punisher, like uh, they didn't even tell his origin story until I think a couple years after he debuted and did his shit in Spider Man. He was just kind of a guy showing up looking badass with the skull, but you didn't know why he did what he did until years later when it was told in a backstory in some sort of Marvel magazine, whatever. But um. Yeah, the whole time I was watching this, I was like, man, this has some serious Punisher vibes. Well, and I'm like, uh, came out around the same time, and this is what directly inspired it. Punisher it. hits the Death Wish uh, profile. War veteran, family was killed, shops at Dagnostio's. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, Paul, we got to get this done. Paul just starts shooting. He's like, fuck it. Shoots two of the punks. And then the one with the gun at the top of the... the, the he forgets about him. Yeah, we, yeah, and he gets shot. Yeah. And I like how like the 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 shooter was like, I would just run. But he's like, no, I got to kill this white motherfucker. So he starts following Paul. I thought Paul followed him. Probably. Paul definitely followed him. Yeah. He said, you're going to get one up on me? I don't think so, boy. Yeah, yeah, you Paul did. followed him. Or... Okay. I'm not going to argue. So he follows them to uh, abandoned, abandoned Sparks Factory. Of course. I didn't think these were in the middle of New York either, but they are. They're everywhere. Well, they used to be everywhere until, you know, again. Obama. 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 Shut them all down. 
MAGA, everybody. Let's get some of that MAGA up in here. Opening all the so factories. There's, uh, there's a call, call back to our little uh, Wild West show in Tucson. There's a standoff. And Paul goes, draw. And this guy goes, who's this crazy white motherfucker? <laughs> He's never seen a Western. He's just like, what, do you want? what the fuck do you want? And he passes out. Paul passes out. Paul passes out from blood loss from that gunshot wound. Yeah. And he's also a 58-year-old man, so, yeah. um, you know, can't handle a slug to his leg like he used to. So they take him off to the uh, hospital, and uh, Frank meets up with an officer, the first officer on the scene, who apparently is a Paul fan, because he's like, hey, that gun, that thirty-two, that's the music, I got it. And Frank's like, oh, cool, you know, because they realize this is, you know, they can't, they realize how ineffective they are as police. They're like, we need this guy. Yeah. But I want to keep my job, so we need him out of fucking New York. He needs to be alive, but he needs to be out of New York. Right. So he's like, just hold on to that gun. Throw it in the river. Whatever the fuck you got to do. Wink. I'm going to go talk with our victim at the hospital. Right. Didn't you mention that this guy who talked to Frank was a known celebrity? Yeah, it's Christopher Guest. Absolute favorite movies. Yeah, it's, it's Nigel Tufnell from Spinal Tap. I fucking world. love that movie. I watched it two weeks ago. Huh. It's one of my favorites. It's him. He, well, you could tell it was him because he was folding the bread and the salami. <laughs> but if I fold the bread, <laughs> God damn it. Let's, don't do no, this. Let's finish this. Don't do this. So he goes to the hospital. Paul's there. He's recovering. He's going to live. Don't worry, guys. And he's like, look, you lost your New York privileges, but we love what you're doing. But you're making us look bad. I don't want to lose my job. I got a pension, you know? Two and, weeks. Yeah. And he's two just weeks. like, he, he's like, I, I'm okay with that. Do I got to be out of here by sundown? Another illusion of the Wild West. It's fucking Western piece and of Frank's shit. And Frank's like, whatever the fuck. Just get the fuck out of here. So he walks <sighs> off. So then the last scene, we see Chicago. And just like every other place, Griffith's a hellhole. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, is this what it looks like when you arrive to any new city? Absolutely. When I went to Chicago for the first time, I was like, this is the freaking dump. I'm going to get mugged. Unbelievable. Every you, single time. And you were in a Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Yeah. Absolutely. He sees a woman get accosted. They're giggling. Like, cause that's what criminals do. They giggle. They giggle. Yeah, anytime you hear giggling, you and know. And they're knocking the shit over. And he goes, hey, can I help you, young lady? And then he looks at those guys. Like, I want to bring this back. I loved how much style the gigglers had. Like, they had some wild outfits. Like, everyone's boring now. Everybody's hat in this movie I want. Like, the, the velvet hat of the guy with the art, like the artist dog. I wanted that guy's hat. Uh, there's multiple mugger hats I wanted. Like, that wide brim, like, tall. That could be a great brand, mugger hats. What was it? Tolupolo, the, the Mexican director who did, like, the Holy Mountain. Like, I imagine him wearing those hats. <laughs> Tolupolo. Jordowski? Jordowski. Tolupolo, Jordowski, same thing. Oh, I'm thinking Nick Cave, and he had that song. Um, that was Tupelo, by the way. Tupelo. And so, yeah, the hats are great, but we got to finish this because <laughs> I'm exhausted. So, yeah, he gets a little, like, like gun thing with his hand and winks, and we're like, oh, shit, sequel's going to happen in Chicago. It doesn't. We don't get a sequel for another eight years. Eight years? crap. Holy 1982. shit. 1982. But it's great because our boys, people can bitching about, well, no one cares enough to bitch about what we do, but... Golden Globus gets their hands on the Death Wish franchise. <laughs> so, part two, 
In part four, our Golan Globus films that we'll be talking about in our next two installments. Wait, <laughs> Golan Globus got two and four? They got three, but we've already done three. Oh, okay, but for chronological sake, they got two, three, and then four. Yes. Okay. So that next week we'll be doing Death Wish Two. We're gonna have our guest. We went, we were going from one Joe to another Joe. This is a new uh, guest we haven't had on before. I've known him for a while. He's been he's been a listener for a long time. He's I've been friends with him on Twitter for a while. I'm looking forward to it because he actually has some behind the scenes info on this. He actually knew the guy who edited Death Wish Two, and he promises us some mind blowing shit. And if he fails. It's all on him, not on us. If Damn it's it, how, Joe. If it's how to solve a Rubik's Cube, he's already being this guy over here. I know how to beat a Rube at Joe's warehouse, but I don't know how to beat a I'm going to end Rubik's this right Cube. now because I don't want you to ramble anymore. So we'll be doing Death Wish 2 with our another Joe next week, and keep it warm. <laughs>